previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. Who the fuck plays Left 4 Dead 2 anymore? Don't let me ramble on about crap. I think Resident Evil 3 is the greatest Resident Evil game there is. That first time when the Nemesis comes down. Stars! I mean, talk about Holy Mother. Oh, the, the guy in it's Wesker. He shafted me last series, the founder. There's, there's been no references to child rape. No, but if you, if you watch Jill playing enough, you'll know the answer. Yeah. Well, would you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to episode 18 of the Project Umbrella podcast, producing better news than any Microsoft press conference and the home of the Mr. Spencer Lady Hunk fan club. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and joining me today is Stars Tyrant. Hello. Coming live from a telephone, George Trevor. Hello. I'm here under duress. I don't play Resident Evil anymore. (laughs) Mr. Spencer. All right, dudes. And Batman. Hello. Coming up on today's show, we have all the latest news. The main game for today is Resident Evil Outbreak Far 1 only. Now, we've had this uh, podcast lined up for quite a few weeks, slash months, uh, and apologies to any listener who's been uh, eagerly looking forward to it, all one of you. We'll be discussing uh, Outbreak Far 1, all four chapters in length. Hopefully, we're going to have... Five. Sorry? Five. Thank you. It's five. Thank you. Thank you. For crying out loud, does anyone know any... Is, is, is any has anyone played this game? Yes. Anyone... Yeah. Yeah, played it a lot. And then we're finishing off, of course, with Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. Oh, before we continue, sorry to yeah. interrupt. In regards to the quiz, I got them all right last week, didn't I? Um, well, not last week, but last last podcast. Yeah, it did very well. Were you just showing off, or were you making a point about scoring there? Was there a discrepancy with the score? No, no I don't think so. Oh, you... were you just just he showing off. Was I wasn't showing off. No, I don't, I don't think. No, oh, you no did one's... your yes. You gave your answers retrospectively, didn't you? Uh, yeah, to Batman, like he gave me the questions, and yeah. I. That's and that's got nothing to do with the fact you got them all right for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have anyone doing it for me, so no, no one was doing it for you. That week. I'm only here tonight for the quiz. <laughs> Don't expect me to contribute to the outbreak. Yes. Conversation. First bit of news, we are going back a while. Uh, Revelations HD is now obviously <laughs> been released. Going back to, yeah, Resident Evil 2 has just been released. Uh, so uh, HD's been in the shops. Uh, mixed reviews, really. A lot of the reviews I read said quite good, praised a lot of things, but I, I don't think it's done as well as perhaps... I don't understand this because I think this game is fantastic. I don't know what people want. Well, I mean, I have to say that i am not read all of the reviews that you say that they're mixed because I generally saw they're positive, but if people are complaining, I mean, what, what is there to complain about? I think a lot of them, some of the controls or something and I think that some of the HD graphics weren't as clean as they'd like. I think the character models did quite well. But I think... Oh for God's sake go and fucking play Space Invaders you know, if you, I mean it's gone pretty far and I think the graphics are pretty good, do you know what I mean? I think people need to just chill out a bit, no? 
Space Invaders, you were about my age when that came out, weren't you, George? No, but what I mean is that I didn't, I didn't articulate that particularly well. What I mean is the graphics have come a long way, and even if the graphics had made no improvement whatsoever on the 3DS, they were still pretty damn pretty. I'm quite happy, and I'm fine with them. And I'm a bit of a graphics horse, so if they're all right for me, they're all right for everyone else as far as I'm concerned. So shut the fuck up and play the game. It's a good game. I was going to say, I think it translates very well, actually. I think as HD ports these days go, I would actually class that visually as one of the better ones. I had better graphics than Ori 6, especially when, you know, in Ori 6, when you get into the car at the beginning, you look around in the dashboard and stuff, the interior, it looks like yeah. horse shit. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah. But I said we are going to do a whole new podcast at some time in the future about Revelations HD. As I said, basically, it's just going to be the old Revelations podcast, but we're just going to improve the sound. But yeah, so that's due in the future. It'll be HD, the podcast will as well. That's the, yes, that's, that was the joke. Never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, other news, uh, Volume 3 of Mahara Desire has been made available in several European territories. Uh, that was available from the 7th of May, so that's how long ago... Well, it's over a month ago now, isn't it? Nearly two months. Uh, volume 4 was released on May the 8th, and um, the story is now up to 34 chapters. It's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> just, just kill it. Just kill it now. Can anyone give our listeners an update as to the story? Where is it up to? No. I've got Volume 3 in French, so I'll have a translation within a few weeks. Um, Excellent. Because I'm going to rejoin Resident Evil. I just um, really, really like running around as an elf at the moment. I've uh, kind of, I'm really in tune with my inner elf. And what I still find quite odd is that there's no English. I mean, admittedly, they can't translate for shit, but it would be nice at least uh, yeah. for, for you know people who don't mind getting the basic idea of what's going on. I mean, bearing in mind some of the other European languages that it's been released in, it, it seems very strange that they've not done it in English. Absolutely. And I think the more tidbits we get, it does seem to help flesh out the story of Six a bit. Well, it's quite interesting because I wonder if... Um, we know the English translations tend to be pretty naff, but I wonder if... The European ones, you know, other languages are still just as bad. I mean, something quite peculiar I noticed because I had translations from both the Spanish edition and the French edition was that there were just some, not significant, but just some subtle differences, not through inconsistent translations, but images were slightly different. So you had the same general picture, but, you know, same general comic strip, but say maybe characters slightly repositioned or saying slightly different things or saying the same thing, but at just a slightly different interval. So that seemed quite odd to me, actually. Newspot mentioned perhaps put both up so people can see the discrepancies. That's almost the most peculiar thing about it, that the discrepancies are quite minimal, but, you know, they're still there. Moving on, moving on. We have some further news. From our uh, Japanese cousins, the Biohazard Real Survival Horror Attraction has been opened at Universal Studios Japan. What something I, for one, would love to go to. What does it have? Like, what do you, what do, you do there? Players will wear an infection meter, which indicates the degree of the viral infection while fighting off monsters, including zombies, liquor, and the tyrant. The objective is to try and survive without any viral infection. So it's I'd a imagine... Real life outbreak. Yes, I suppose it's like outbreak, live action version. It's like Laser Quest, like how does it work? Is that Laser Quest where you have like targets? And... There used to be in London before my time, really, but there used to be Aliens, the ride at the Trocadero yeah. at Piccadilly. Oh, I remember that. Yes, it was at same. Alien, Alien War, I think it was Aliens War or something. Is that what it's called? And I'd imagine it's something like that. Yeah, so that's um, that's crept down. Hopefully, if if a success, I could see it maybe creeping in the other Universal Studios over at Florida and California. Wouldn't that be awesome? But well, then, no, is it going to represent the canon of the films though, rather than the no. game? 
No, I think it's I think it's game. Okay. That should be good. I mean, we've got a Star Wars land coming to. Um, was there a tinge Disneyland. of disappointment in your Was there a tinge of disappointment in your voice then, Nick, when you said, "Oh no, it's the game, not the films." <laughs> No, that's more news. Anderson has confirmed film six. I bet I you're really happy about that, aren't you? No, I, no, no. I won't dwell Come on that. Come on. Come yeah. on. Don't lie to us. Lie to yourself and you lie to us. Uh, other news, some DLCs emerged from Revelations. Uh, this is what I referred to in the introduction. Uh, Lady Hunk, which has to possibly be the worst idea and or DLC ever imagined by Capcom ever. It's yeah, a that... shit idea. And it is awful. I love the idea that you, it's Lady Hunk just by basically taking trousers away from Hunk and now it's a lady. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's almost like, you know, it's like Mrs. Pac-Man, isn't it? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's also, they've kind of attached. It's like um, you know when they're doing Mario Kart Double Dash, they go, "Well, Toad, Toad hasn't got a natural partner. What should we do? <sighs> Toadette? Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> you know, <it's> always... <laughs> Hunk, La- Lady Hunk. Oh, oh, yeah. I once went out with someone who looked a bit like Toadette. Ah, <laughs> oh. what, what does she have hanging off her head? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't green. She just um, you had, had, sex a, of she a, had a long tongue. <laughs> she had a long tongue, did she, George? <laughs> How did that feel? Silver lining and all. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> on a mushroom cloud. Sean, do you have any other news that I may have missed? The cafe in Japan's shut this week. Oh um, no! After a brief what, stint. Was there was an outbreak of food poisoning. <laughs> no. no. Um, That's worse than that mine. <laughs> Sorry. Was it only open for a short period or was it? It was, yeah, about six months, I think. Oh, okay. So it was oh, due to close anyway. Was this the yeah. cafe that sold like. Dual sandwiches. Dual sandwiches mm. and. Yeah, and liquor brains and. Oh. It's been quiet on, on the news front, really, hasn't it? But thankfully, we have some site news. This comes as a plea, really, from Newsbot. Our site is apparently broken, and we are appealing for help. The wiki feature of our site where articles can be edited is broken and unfixable, as I'm sure everyone edits all the time, as is the imaging uploading feature. We are looking to rebuild the site in some format, and we're looking for interested and talented people with experience in website design to get in touch with us. I like how you made it sound positive. You go, oh, we got some site news. The site's broken. It's knackered. So, uh... <laughs> well, my tip here for any budding uh, website designer who uh, fancies helping out get in contact with newsbot and he'll he'll give you the uh, the heads up on what to do but we do have a fantastic interview this is the good bit of site news and i'm sure you've all seen it on the front page we've now have our second interview with mr kawamura and the excitement over the horror live is unbearable with three replies in two weeks so thank you that's incredible it is incredible and this is probably it's, why it's... I'd actually say it's depressing the response actually because it's a fascinating interview with plenty of insight you know the community it doesn't half piss you off sometimes it does I'm not necessarily blaming members per se but it's probably the series more than anything isn't it um, I also wonder whether the interest was far far greater and whether it has anything to do with the fact that it wasn't a tier exclusive well, the problem here the problem just here the fact right? that people might be just too lazy or just too busy to make particular comment but they, the problem here... they still went and read it the problem here, George, right, is that most of the people in the horror is alive like, who's Kawamura? Did he do RE4? 
is, is it at that stage now that it's not people don't give a shit let's hope not but anyway moving on to the interview I mean it's a fantastic interview and full credit goes to Newsport and uh, Welsh as well for the uh, translation again it really is a, uh, a shining bit of glory for Project Umbrella and well worth a read and this is more to do with William Birkin's involvement his contacts with the Chicago branch of Umbrella and Punk's involvement in the USS and how they were planning on doing etc etc uh, any particular highlight for anyone? Well the whole thing for me I mean the detail in itself is exquisite mm-hmm. irrespective of whether it can be truly classed as canon now I mean there's no it doesn't contradict anything that exists so it, it can work but it just depresses me that you've got this guy and how long has he been out of Capcom now offhand? But he, he like oh. he's so passionate though isn't he? You yeah. can exactly. tell by yeah, his response what... he's so passionate yeah, he's like a kid that caught like a new idea for something and he's like so interested he's like oh this is a great idea and he has all this stuff that's been in his mind for like past 10 years or so now at least Mm. It's just the reason why the series isn't where it was when he was around is because of the lack of involvement of people like him. Yep. You know, he lives and breathes this series and he's not even a part of it anymore. And, you know, it's more more enthusiasm to the series than I dare say anyone in Capcom has now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, this is the problem, I think I've alluded to it before, that Resident Evil that initially was Mikami's baby and, you know, it, it's been passed on to so many different parents now, you know, that there just isn't any consistency or anyone that has loyalty you know to it as it came from its inception so yeah the fact that you're absolutely right the fact that this guy is now completely separated now from the franchise and it's in the hands of those that quite frankly don't seem to have any consideration for the origins and the roots of, of the game uh, you know it is, it is very depressing mm. yeah well, you read it and you, you can't help but think what could have been Yes, Mallet Island, for example. I actually yeah. don't like that storyline. Please uh... didn't have to please that whole um, uh, Virgil and or whatever their names were in the original draft. I'm pleased that version of Biohazard 4 became Devil May Cry. Uh, the only thing I, I picked up, you know, the anti-survivor stance annoyed me at the time, but Newsbots quelled my fears and said, well, you know, even though it's canon, it's still obviously a spin-off, so he's not going to hold it in too much high regard. He compared it to Aliens versus Predator. I suppose that is how it's perceived by a lot of people, though, isn't it? I mean, there's still a lot of... I mean, I, I had a conversation once with someone who argued with me that uh, Code Veronica wasn't canon because it wasn't a numbered title. Well, it was always due to be a spin-off, wasn't it? It was never supposed to be a main. But then he says here, I mean, this was interesting, going on from Gun Survivor, saying it was like Ellie versus Predator. But then you could say, well, Biohazard Zero is a main title in the series. It's a numbered title. And it references Gun Survivor. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about this canon. But I think if he'd said Gun Survivor is like... Movies. Prometheus, yes, like Prometheus, yeah, maybe. I've got very little time for that sort of argument. To me, Code Veronica, Survivor, I don't worry about the semantics of whether there's a numeral after the the name. To me, the significance is in the story and its relationship to the main title. So, not saying to be controversial, but I don't see Survivor or Code Veronica being any less significant to the story. In fact, they both pertain, have significance as much as, I mean, Resident Evil 6 is detracted from anything from 1 and 2, really. So, for me, they're just, and Dead Aim as well, That I mean, there's maybe arguments to suggest more that that's expanded universe, but certainly Survivor and Code Veronica, uh, these are main title stalwarts for me. You know, I mean, you read the interview, and as you said, the enthusiasm for what he does is, is still there. I mean, he could have made up any bullshit. We wouldn't have, you know, it would have made no difference. We'd have still lapped it up. But I think it just shows how far Capcom have moved away from someone as enthusiastic as that. And I fear for... Resident Evil 7 and or the next project. 
Well, I mean, I also want to just to add here. I like the uh, the tone of his responses. There's one question where is it Welsh who asked this question, or was it Newsmart? Which question? Where he asks about uh, how did Doctor Birkin contact the military, you know, via telephone or whatever. And I like uh, Carmore's response. It's like, oh, the armed forces aren't like Pizza Hut. You can't just like call them up and go, oh yeah, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll come and help. You know, <laughs> we were out in five minutes. <laughs> it's kept my enthusiasm going for the series really because. It's been, what, 14 years since Biohazard 3 came out? And the fact that Mr. Karamura still talks about it with such passion. Mm. Now, what's your views, John, on the the response or the very little response we referred back to Tia and, the, and I think there's only been three posts to it. I mentioned perhaps the appreciation and interest is stronger. Perhaps people just people aren't just simply posting anymore because it, I, yeah, I, I agreed with the comments made that it's quite depressing for something with such significance from someone that's so steeply ingrained in the history of Resident Evil and um, the information contained therein. I think it's very depressing when you look at the response we've had. Yeah, depressing, but it's not unexpected. Paul makes loads of these great threads on Biohaze and the horror is alive and they get very little response. People seem more interested in chatting in threads about Leon's hair or, you know, who's the fittest Resident Evil character. But do they, though? I mean... I think they do, yeah. If you started a a new thread saying who's got the best arse out of Jill Valentine (laughs) and Claire Redfield or a thread about the final reveal of who Ada works for and all that I bet you it'll be Jill's arse thread that gets more hits mm. it's, it's just a sorry state of affairs the community is in these days this Karamura interview is absolutely brilliant and if it had come 10 years earlier even 5 years earlier everybody would have been all over it but I think people are just so disappointed with the way things are at the moment that even yeah. the bright spark of revelations is a glimmer in an otherwise sea of shite yeah. which is a shame but yeah so I, I urge any uh, listener who hasn't read the interview go to it read it uh, part one and part two a great read and uh, like Batman it reinstall your faith in the series that there are people who still care about it that may or may not be contactable by Capcom <laughs> Fingers crossed. I mean, like, going off from what uh, John was saying, this is the reason why I don't even go to the Horrors Alive or Biohaze anymore. I haven't been there in, like, months now. I only go to Project Umbrella because I'm a fan of the series. I'm still a fan of the series. I'm not a fan of talking about arses and nipples and which character has the best body. Just, it's well, so... I mean, you, you, you are, but you just you come on that other site with me, John, that's, that's specifically for that. What site's this? I don't remember this site. <laughs> PM me later, George, for I'll have to discuss this. That concludes the gaming and site news. We'll now move on to our main topic of conversation this evening, Resident Evil Outbreak File 1. There was a disruption earlier at today's football match between the Raccoon Sharks and the Old Boy Hunters. Apparently the game was interrupted when an unruly fan met her control and sparked a riot. The number of injured is not yet known, but more than 50 local
I remember this. I remember this. I still think I've got the demo disc for PlayStation that announced Resident Evil Online, as it was known back then. Code Veronica had just been released, I think. Well, no, it had been released for a while, and we just had Survivor 2, and everyone was playing down the end of uh, Resident Evil on PlayStation 2, only for this to be suddenly announced, and we had a rather epic introductory trailer and the promise of playing Resident Evil Online. How everyone was excited. It didn't quite go as well as planned in PAL regions, but elsewhere in the world, it did go online and indeed marked the first multiplayer Resident Evil game, albeit not local multiplayer. Let's start with George. George, we've always pestered you about Outbreak because you've never played it. Mm. Now you have played it. Uh, bear in mind, you know, you've played it very late on in its development, if you like, well past its sell-by date. You've played arguably better quality games since. How did it feel going back to very much the old style of Resident Evil? It's the style that I enjoy and it's the style that I think best suits the game in terms of the atmosphere that you can generate and, and, the, and the pace that you want if you're interested in reading files of you know sorrowful souls that have perished beforehand or you know retracing the footsteps of someone that, whose, whose journey that you're now taking so I think that's the best place and context for Resident Evil. I still have this problem oddly with the controls of this game personally that I don't have with the GameCube controller for remake when people refer to the tank controls remake now I, the control system fits me like a glove but i can't really outbreak i still find very just a very long way to get around things but that's just me i'm i never warmed to the playstation or its controller but i think it's it's a fantastic concept in terms of you know being able to have a you know a resident evil 2 hands-on experience online i mean it doesn't get much better than that uh, mr spencer what did you think well it was our first foray into an online resident evil game which is what a lot of us were sort of hoping for for quite some time with the onset of you know faster internet speeds and all other stuff we were like yeah finally we got a uh, online mode but it wasn't really as good as we thought it would be but it was enjoyable nonetheless a bit ahead of its time to, yeah, ahead of its time, definitely. People uh, weren't ready for it. <laughs> Stars Tyrant, what did you think? Um, well, first of all, I'll just quickly allude to the exquisite opening credits oh, or the, you know, the opening introduction, which is probably a oh, series yeah. best. Yeah, so can I just quickly say, because I should have mentioned that before, I completely agree, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, if there was going to be a film for Resident Evil, that's how you want it opening. I thought it was yeah, exactly. absolutely yeah. wonderful. Sorry, Sean, sorry. And aside from that, uh, yeah, what's been said, it was a generation too early. It's a game now, and it's sequel included, that were it to be released on the PlayStation 3 or the 360, with the internet as we have it today, it would really find its audience, I think. And I think because people are craving that sort of classic Resident Evil experience now, you know, people would really embrace it. Um, aside from that, I only had a chance to play it offline. I just find it a sort of fantastic greatest hits of the older games. I mean, knowing now what we know about the series, it was really the last time we had a, an opportunity to sort of do puzzling in great environments. And some of the scenarios, particularly the last one set in the university, has hub gameplay every bit as good as anything you'd see in the first three games. It's really... I, quite, I mean, I've always been quite fond of the Outbreak games, the first one more than the second, for reasons we can go into during the File 2 podcast. But I, you know, I've always warmed to it, and I've always enjoyed what they did with it. I like the fact that we play as ordinary characters and we're not sort of the, the heroes this time. Conceptually, it was great, but it was just far too early. Uh, Batman? Yeah, pretty much exactly what Sean said. I enjoyed it. I just, I was a bit frustrated at the time because I wanted, you know, I was eager for the story to move forward and the idea of just playing a random character in Raccoon City didn't really appeal 
to me. But, you know, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it was a failed experiment, similar to Biohazard 6, I suppose, because they were both directed by uh, Enrico Sasaki, I think his name is. But yeah, it was, it was okay. But for me, I was more interested in just wanting a proper sequel to move the story forward at the time. Well, I think the first thing everyone would like to focus on is, is the online element. But unfortunately, uh, we, we can't really discuss the online elements. Um, well, there was no voice control, was there? You know, you increased if, that. Oh, there's preset things, wasn't there? On the, on preset the thing. gestures. And, yes, that um, was it, yes. An ad-lib button where if you pressed it whilst you were stood in front of things, um, you would do like an ad-lib that was sometimes connected. Is there some way? Sometimes you even got vital story or character moments through just pushing the ad-lib button. You don't get them on the PAL versions, do you? Oh, no, you don't. I imported it. Yeah, that's true. You can expand the conversations with NPC characters by pressing the ad-lib button. Oh. But you can't do that in the PAL versions, unfortunately. Picking up what George Trevor said, I found it hard work. I've never been a fan of, and still don't, of having real-time menu selection, item selection. I don't like that. I always think it, you should go to a pause because it offers a safe haven, if you like, of just being able to, you know, the minute you press triangle or off, you, you're back in it. I don't like the fact that, you know, you've got to choose whilst you're playing. I always found it like that. And it felt a lot slower than, say, Remake. I, I don't personally have a problem with the controls, but the loading times, at least on the power ones, were so bad just going through just any door it yeah. was unbearable at times yeah that's true yeah the main reason i am um, i imported the american version because i got a hard drive bundle um with oh. final fantasy 11 and never even played final fantasy 11 i just needed the hard drive and uh, when you install the game it turns it around completely that there is next to no loading times it's actually quite impressive how much it changes the experience oh really i'll see that could that yeah, would make it a lot different there's no load lag between menus or bringing up the map or anything. It, it, it is like playing a different game. It's, it's very recommended if you can track a, a PS2 hard drive down. That hard drive wasn't even released in Britain, though. No, it wasn't, yeah. It cost me a lot of money to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know whether I do it now with the way the series is at the minute. <laughs> back in the day of being a crazy Resident Evil fan back in the day, those kind of investments didn't bother me, whereas, you know, now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was, it was was a different game. There, there, like, it's like maybe two seconds between locations sometimes. That would make, I mean, the, the, you know, especially like the outbreak scenario, it's supposed to be quite fast and frantic at the beginning, isn't it? And it's just dulled down because of these loading times. And I never understand why they force the virus meter when you play offline as well. It just maddens me that you can't explore properly because of the. I, I can appreciate why they did the virus meter. It was to force players to get a move on online and not stand about. But offline, you can't explore properly. No, you should start off uninfected. And it's when you get bitten, that's when the countdown yeah. should start. Because, I mean, this was very much a new feature. And again, as you said, I think the online of it would have been quite exciting. And obviously it's replicated uh, in um, uh, Operation Raccoon City, of course. But offline, you're right, because you've got obviously the virus to contend with, as well as normal green herbs and mixing herbs and all that malarkey. And you can take antiviral pills, can't you? But that just delays the inevitable temporary yeah yes exactly and these were a lot of new as i said a lot of new features that they're bringing forward and i wondered how did any everyone else cope with the new characters because i found myself initially very unenthused and wasn't particularly interested in i think john said you know these just random characters and i can understand it might be an interesting departure from the heroes of raccoon city but i would have much preferred it not necessarily if we'd had leon and claire and everyone again but maybe it would have been fantastic to have played from the point of view of ben or 
or John or, or even Ada or, you know, just maybe slightly expanded universe characters one step away. But just this random collection of mm. survivors, it, it may have been more interesting on paper and on film, but to engage on a video game after two and three, it, it, they left me a, a bit cold, really, uh, compared to you know what you know what could have been with, with other more significantly connected characters. I really enjoyed them. It was always nice for me to spot the cameos in the games. That was one thing I always liked about it. I think what they could have done. I like the character of Kevin because he's a random RPD officer, but then people played as him because a bit like Leon, I suppose, but everyone knew the RPD. So mightn't it have been a bit more exciting to play as a character from, you know, an umbrella worker from the lab or... Yoko is arguably one. I don't know, perhaps somewhat more of a an, an iconic location that people can go, oh, okay, they work there or something, or they, they live there, I don't know, yeah. That was... Uh... I suppose Alyssa's probably the best connected because she worked in Raccoon City as a journalist. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it. She, she's all right. I know. I just think they could have been a bit more. Um, I'm trying to think what else was in Raccoons. <laughs> um, I know someone from Stagler Gas Station or something. You know, perhaps a bit more connections other than oh, you know. I suppose they missed a trick by not having a Spec Ops character or a UBCS. Yes, um, yes. They could well, you play. can play as a UBCS person as a skin. The skins, isn't yeah. it? To play. Oh, as that's a... true. You can play as Hunk. Yes. Even the mayor's daughter. Again, I, ju- I just think we, you know, we hear about these peripheral characters in the files, and you know, we get glimpses of their lives in. Is it Resident Evil Three where you? see one of the UBSC shot dead soldiers cradling a woman just by the clock puzzle yeah I, I think that that was certainly a missed opportunity yeah I agree there they could have told things that you know hinted at in Resident Evil 3 and 2 they could have showed that I mean they did it some respects with the desperate time scenario which gives you yes a flavour of what happened to the police shit Well, yeah, I mean, I think one of the highlights is that these random characters, you know, David, I mean, the total, you know, just random mechanic or whatever, but they do, through their interactions, you know, talk to a lot of NPCs that does bring a bit to the storyline overall, doesn't it? And, you know, their interactions with, say, Monica, for example. I like that. I thought that was quite... Because, as you said, a bit like a greatest hits of Resident Evil 2, if you like, you had a bit, that you know, very similar to uh, think, Ben or something. I think it's worth saying that it's mainly, I suppose, the environments of the main characters. You know, particularly when you are revisiting famous areas, but seeing areas... They were always very careful with how they didn't tread on areas in the hospital you go to the floors that you didn't go to in Resident mm. Evil 3. And I always thought they did that quite well. But yeah, I mean, some of the NPCs were interesting. Definitely. Monica's a, a, a strange one. I don't really know where she comes from and her death will endlessly be debated. Why? Well, because so there was lots of people who thought it was Birkin at the time. I think it has been confirmed. It is the moth that kills her, isn't it? And then she gets impregnated by the thing that climbs out of her case. Yeah, the G-embryo. I'm sorry, you got, they thought the G-embryo killed her? Yeah, but it's because she gets incapacitated by the moth that causes her to get infected with it. Oh, Because right. the case she's carrying smashes and it gets out. But yeah, no, I thought that, you know, all, all the kind of FMVs, you know, the videos, I mean, they're of the highest quality. You know, you part mm, Nikolai cameo. Yes, and we had like the Nikolai cameo, which is quite cool. And I think a lot of fans got a bit of a kick out of that. And of course, as you get, not treading on the other ground, fitted in quite nicely, just about. And Nick. Yes. Can I just ask you, with yep. regards to the FMVs and the NPCs, yep. what is your opinion of um, <clears throat> mass production? Ridiculous! Ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is legendary. <laughs> Great.
Greg Muller, isn't it? It's Jake's father. It's Jake's, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they're running out of surnames, weren't they? It is Mueller, isn't it? M U E. It's exactly the same. That's twice they've done that now. I won't see the other one because you need to tell me off. Here's uh, when, when Nikolai assassinates him. That was a great scene. The, the, the bit where Nikolai assassinates Greg and you just see him in like the vents, aiming the gun down the vent. Target is closing in! All right, come on. The thing's too huge. These nine millimeters are useless. Almost got him. Hold on. Calm down. You must give me your blood. Actually, the more I think about it, Sean, your comment about how it is a greatest hit of all the previous games is so true. The Thanatos Tyrant is very similar to T001. It's just decisions, decisions as a whole. I mean, if you remember, there's things like, um, you know, a red eye and a blue eye puzzle and mm. things like that. You know, it, it's all in there. And there's someone playing a piano at one point. It's full of these little references and, you know, the fact that they include a Giamargo boss as the boss for below freezing point And it's just full of little quirks and... Can I also add, in regards, this is relevant actually, uh, we were talking about how we want to expand Project Umbrella and get some new staff members in to replace the older people, I guess. All I have to say to that is, too much growth weakens an organisation. <laughs> what should be important becomes overshadowed by greed. <laughs> what should be important becomes overshadowed by greed. Okay, well, how much is added to the storyline do you think overall? And I think that also can touch upon the act, the very odd decision to have a multiple missile strike, oh. which has been wasn't, ignored. Wasn't, that, wasn't it done? Didn't Newsboss uh, allude to this? It was just simply done by accident or something. You know, the, the actual concept. It was it was just done done as a mistake within Capcom. It should or should always have been a single missile. Either. Well, we've talked before, haven't we, about the the blatant lack of communication between the different development teams for the games. You know, it, and can they coexist? Can it have been an airstrike first, and then a nuclear missile's finished, and then it all ties in like a bow? Confidential report says yes. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> yes. Um... The thing is, the scene where it's actually getting bombed is so masterful and then put to such great music. It's depressing. It doesn't fit better than it should. Mm. And it's nice to see, all, you know, the, the US Army doing it or launching the Angels, or whatever they're called. So that's outbreak two, isn't it? But yes, it's all okay. It still works. But yes, if if if, if it has been a mix-up, then uh, that's highly unfortunate. And it's not been followed since, of course. I mean, we've had, you know, Resident Evil Four was out after that, and then I can't remember if Degeneration talks about it. Damnation certainly does. I'd said it all before went some way to killing off Outbreak as a game because when it introduced a new gameplay style and people loved it, they were like, "Yeah, what we did Outbreak, that old style, I don't yeah. think people want that anymore." Well, that was sort of the case with Outbreak File Two because it came out after Biohazard Four, and mm-hmm. it was such a step backwards, it got slated. It made it so many mistakes as a game as well. I think File One plays so much better. You know, File Two. I mean, I'm not going to go into this too much because we've got a podcast for it, but they just make a lot of mistakes with the scenarios. I think that. Yeah. I think. File 1 is the better game by far. I think File 2 adds more to the story, though. File 1 is, is quite independent, isn't it? it, it you know, it's it, got... it, it is, yeah. End of the Road is a fantastic scenario. Mm. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's like, if, if you'd class the first three games as like blockbuster movies, then Resident Evil Outbreak would be the spin-off TV series, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. five sort of one-hour episodes of people trying to escape Raccoon City. It's just a side game. It's not really designed to advance the plot, is it? But that's what I found frustrating with it. Was it 2003 it came out, right in the middle of the big 
big five-year gap between Code Veronica and uh, Resident Evil 4. You know, it came out at at a time where we were desperate for the story to sort of get going. I mean, I know we had Dead Aim come out at a similar time, but you wanted to see what was going to happen with the, you know, with the characters you'd been used to playing as. Well, let's turn to each of the scenarios and um, we can talk about the story implications, uh, NPCs and the characters involved and how it all ties in, because obviously there's always been mega talk about what scenario happens when, and Batman, you're quite good with the old Outbreak timeline, so we can use your knowledge. So we'll start with Outbreak itself. taking so long. Hurry up! I'm trying! I'm almost done! Uh, hurry! Hurry! This way! Okay, it's done! Eric! What should I do? Seen as a training episode if you like more than anything in fact it is a training episode in outbreak 2 concerns people at the wonderful jay's bar a game of football going on down the road suddenly that kicks off and then they launch themselves at the bar what did everyone think of outbreak the first one i enjoyed it i mean it unfolds very very quickly considering they're just happily enjoying a meal at the bar and then 15 minutes later is it raccoon main or whatever it's called it's just full of thousands of zombies Mm. Um, but then the football game alludes to that, doesn't it? It's actually mentioned in Darkside Chronicles, isn't it? That a lot of the zombies come from the football game. In terms of dating outbreak, it's got to be the 23rd, I think. So it's, yeah, to have such a high concentration of zombies at that stage, again, well, nice, nicely explained by the by the skirmish. I have it down as Hunk's operation would take place in the early hours of September 23rd. And then out, the outbreak would start that following evening, so the evening of September 23rd. But it's all right. I mean, you know, if I remember correctly, you're in the bar, and then you've got to go upstairs, and some poor chap will, isn't it? Gets it all. What a weird customer. <laughs> <laughs> hey Bob, where's your mind at? I like the way he says, "Damn, he's unconscious," and then he asks him, "Are you all right?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the voice acting is, is awful. Brilliant. <laughs> I think is one terrible. of the things that might have been nice is have seen all eight of the people. You only ever see four, don't you? Because obviously yeah. when yeah, you choose... It, well, the unwritten rule is that they split up halfway through the beginning of Outbreak, don't they? Some go to the roof. Yeah, some go to the roof and some go on to um, do Hellfire. That's yeah. that's how it worked out. But it would have been nice to have seen all eight just at the beginning. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so as you said, you make your way to the back of the bar and then to the roof. Some go one way, some go the other. See but... some cool police officers? Yes, I can't remember their names. Uh, Arthur. Ray- Arthur. Arthur, Raymond was one. Dory. Elliot, Elliot, Harry. But when you first meet them, you certainly see the distinct style. It's got a very different style, hasn't it, this game, to the normal ones. You know, And you can see that also in the kind of promo art of all the characters and all the zombies and things like that. They all look very different to the usual art design of the, of the characters. It's a bit... I don't know how to describe it, really, but you know what I mean when you see it. Uh, Raymond Douglas is actually the deputy chief of police as well. He's the one with the uh, the shotgun who you meet on the main street outside. It's, it's quality. It's a hero's death. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's got a, he's mentioned in a file in uh, Darkside Chronicles. Is it just? Oh, I really like that. Didn't realise that. That's amazing. What does it say about him? I think it's just uh, the, the evacuation order with about rescue helicopters. It might just be a copy and paste of the same file from Outbreak File 2 that you read in Wild Things, actually. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's mentioned in that file in Darkside Chronicles that he's the deputy chief of police. Am I right to think it, it, Outbreak's just got zombies in? I'm not sure if it has any other BOWs. Only if you play it on harder difficulties, you get the, the weird bug things from Zero. Well, they're not quite from zero. They are subtly different, but oh, what, the plague crawlers. They are similar. They're not called that in Outbreak, but they are quite. They are very. Oh, similar. um, they are scissor worms. Si- or something. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. They're more exclusive to Flashback, though, aren't they? No, but if you play it on hard or very hard, they actually do replace the zombies even in cutscenes. Yes, because I've seen the video of Raymond fighting them off, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay, so. I mean, it's it's all right as a scenario. You get to hide in like the um in the lockers, don't you? Which is very Metal Gear Solid Two-y. It's quite tense how it's like on on a time limit. You know, you can barricade the front door and it'll buy you a few more seconds before they burst through. And then they will actually go through the doors and follow you upstairs as well. You can do things to deter them, like you can get some planks of wood, and if you find the nail gun on the desk, you can barricade the doorway so they can't get in. You know, which buys you a few more minutes to get all the items you need to get to the next floor. That was a scenario. It's nice and simple, but I think it's one of the best ones. Outbreak. But you never had time, and that was the whole point. You never had time to gather your thoughts and go, right, what do I need to do? Because you, you couldn't pause it and look at your item menu. It wound me up more than anything. And playing offline, you quickly realised your AI partners were just diabolical. So I, I just left them. Like, you never needed them. So, okay, um, so in terms of story applications, um, not a lot really, I suppose. Just you saw the outbreak. It's the earliest known outbreak, I suppose, isn't it? In terms of playability, you never see anything earlier. And we certainly don't count Operation Raccoon City's zombies. But it's, it's evident to see that, you know, obviously it's... It's literally right at the start, isn't it? Because nobody knows that there's any zombies there. It's obviously the big crowd from the football match. That's the catalyst. And an interesting decision so quickly to decide to blow them up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have no idea what's going on. What should we do? Let's kill our civilians. You would have thought, well, I don't know what people would do in real life if that were to happen. But an interesting decision, nonetheless. And I think what was quite nice about Outbreak is that how it eventually back with Outbreak 2 and it all kind of linked back into Main Street didn't it and uh, with Hellfire as well I thought that was quite yeah that worked quite well End of the Road is set within various areas in Outbreak as well yes yes exactly okay um, so that was the first one but I think where it all got a bit confusing was that the second playable game was then below freezing point and of course at the end of every scenario you had the kind of to be considered but it didn't. At this point, you then realise it didn't really follow the same kind of logical structure in terms of timeline as to what you're playing, and that's obviously generated multiple discussions over the years as to what comes well, next. I did hear a rumour. I don't know whether it's true, and yet it's a shame Yama's not here. But apparently, if you played it online, below freezing point was thrown into fourth of the, the list, and you did always get Hellfire second online. Really? That's very interesting. Apparently, I'm pretty sure people. I'm, I seem to remember reading that when it first came out. It's a shame he's not here to confirm that, because, I mean, below freezing point is, you know, so logical when you get the, the hive ending. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, which explains that you have to take the sewer tunnel from the hospital to get there. Well, uh, absolutely. Um, we can talk about below freezing point, where we touched upon uh, Monica's involvement, but it was, again, a nice return back to Birkin's lab.
this time before Birkin and I'm sorry, before Leon and Claire turn up, because it's literally frozen over, hence the name of the title. And it was quite nice to see hunters down there, because we know they've always been hunters down there, because of the N64 RE2 X-File, which alludes to the uh, Hunter MA120. Although that's not an MA120, it's a 125R Hunter, if I remember correctly. But again, it, I, I thought it worked quite nicely with RE2, as I said, didn't interfere. And then by the time you leave it, it's in exactly the same state as it would be when Leon and Claire turn up. It was nice to play back in the area again. I think that was it, really. It's just, it was a very straightforward scenario, I thought. It, you know, it, it structured quite well. And just... They expand on the geography quite well, um, quite respectfully. I mean, there's a couple of ladders where they weren't in Resident Evil 2, but I mean, that's all. You know, it's the only real sort of geographical changes they made. And, they, you know, they did expand it in a way that felt natural. Mm. You know, like you could just imagine you could go off the beaten path in Resident Evil 2 and go to those floors. It didn't feel like a different game altogether, like Raccoon City. Yeah, I can't understand why Operation Raccoon City didn't try and do the same thing. Yes, that, that, yes. Didn't it also, it also had the, you climbed up the elevator, you started at the in in the sewers, didn't you? And then you climbed up the up the lift which resembled the re0 lift uh which which was the, i think it wasn't it the one that birkin went on g4 birkin at the end that you're, what you're waiting for that's the one you get up to to go down to the, yeah that's right yeah yes yeah. and it yeah and it, it and then you climb through the little hatchway don't you so but seeing as it came out so soon after zero it was quite nice to see that area because obviously it was clearly modeled on it's clearly modelled on the zero escape route as well, and I thought that's what one of the things I picked up on. But yeah, it had it had the moth returned, didn't it? We had um, it I, used the guest codes and yeah, it was very similar, wasn't it? And uh, if you played as Yoko, you could talk to some of the uh, surviving scientists, couldn't you? And they'd mention uh, Birkin's experiments. I think there's like you find a dying scientist and you have to give him an aid spray or something and he'll he'll talk a little bit to Yoko about Birkin. And he'll give her a desert eagle. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good point. As we go through it, we can try and discuss whose whose scenario that is each. I mean, I, I don't think Outbreak would be assigned to anyone, though, would it? It's a assigned lot. to four of them. It's available who you... But no, I'm saying below freezing points, certainly you're supposed to play it as Yoko. Yeah. I'd say Outbreak would be Mark's because he's the only one who doesn't have a clear scenario and obviously you've got to escort Bob which is his partner so I'd say Outbreak would be would be Marks, Marks right. yeah who, who did you always play with then? Just out of... I, I just played with Kevin because like you say it was he just had that that uh, more powerful handgun didn't he and he had the, the sharp shot or whatever it was called where if you held the trigger button down he would aim extra carefully for a headshot oh yeah who did F1 play as then? Who's everyone's favourite character to play as? I, I used to play as Kevin or, or Alyssa. Yeah. Who had the most inventory space? Because that's usually my default position. Yo- Yoko. Oh, then I played as her. I played as Mark all the time, I did. Well, Mark had the extra strength, didn't he? So he could push things out of the way that others couldn't. Yeah, and started off with a pistol. Everybody always liked the ones that started off with a pistol. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was playing as uh, Ving Rams as well. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh hell! Well, I tell you oh, what, we'll cut. We'll come back to characters at the end, actually, to see who right. we played because that's because well, the... yeah, oh. back to the low freezing point. Yes, um, it was one of my favourites, and I and I, I love the Resident Evil Two boss being brought back, the GMR or whatever it's called. Mm. Loved it, and you could ram the train into it. 
yes, you could up the top, couldn't you, up in the factory? And that was quite, yeah, that was quite nice. And there's always been discussions as whether that's the same factory or at least in zero. I'm not bothered about a number on the top of a shed. No, no, I suppose not. Um, and then you also had the liquors in this one as well, didn't you? Not in below freezing point. Oh no, the Hellfire. I will come to that. We'll come to that. Yeah, so we had the Hunters instead, which were arguably the most reptilian at that point. I thought they were... I'm not sure. Could they ever decapitate you in one go? No, there was none of that violence and outbreak. No, I didn't think there was. But you... They, 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 they were quite destructive, though. And it was quite good seeing them, the fact that they were completely frozen. And you, as soon as you found out, you have to defrost the place. You're like, really? Do I have to? I wonder if... Uh, if... You could, it's maybe, it's maybe more of a coincidence, if anything, but you could possibly tie this into uh, Karamora's interview where he was saying, because Birkin knew uh, he was up Shit Creek without a paddle, um, he let conditions deteriorate in the uh, dead factory so it would cause a biohazard, so it would take some of the attention off him. And he also did the same in his lab, didn't he? Mm. Yes, I remember reading that and thinking, actually, that links in with um, Operation Raccoon City, of course. But it, but it could link in with this scenario because obviously it's it's not really revealed, is it? How these hunters have escaped? Is it is it just a um, one file just says there was an accident, wasn't it? And a few mm. of them got out and started killing people. Mm. And you could maybe say that was something Birkin did deliberately once he knew that you know there was a team going to be sent in to kill him. Design-wise, I do think they're some of the best hunters, though. The, the whole spines and everything gives them a very unique look. Yes, I thought so. I always thought they were quite good. But, I mean, in terms of when this was set, obviously it has to, you know, we're guided by Resident Evil sorry, uh, 2 more than anything. It has to be before the 29th. I had all my dates written down. I, I had a timeline. I think it's 27th. I have it as the uh, the 26th. Oh, okay. I think mine was the 26th as well, yeah. But, uh, no, sorry, middle of the night, 27th. 27th. Because I'd say, I'd say the, the hive is the evening of the 26th. And obviously they have to wander through the sewers to get to the lab. So I had it down as the middle, uh, early hours, September 27. And by the time you get to the, the marshalling yard, is it daylight when you get to the marshalling yard? I can't remember. Where you fight it's, the it's, I think it's twilight. You can, you can just see like a light in the horizon, I think. Yeah, so say that's dawn and then you get the train out of the city. And I always thought that leads into the uh, flashback scenario. I wish I had my PC running at the minute because I, I, know, I, I need to have all these dates. I can't remember them off the top of my head. If I remember correctly, I, I'm jumping ahead of the gun a bit, but I think most of them were, were fairly self-explanatory except Wild Things from Outbreak 2. Well, Wild, wild things, things is fairly early. Yeah, this goes back to um, the ad-libbing thing we mentioned earlier because I, when I was writing the BioAirs timeline, I was really struggling with where to put these scenarios. Mm. And then someone gave me a link to a, a YouTube video which had all the characters' ad-libs on. And it, it gives you like little subtle clues as to when the scenarios are set, like wild things. I mean, I assumed it was early on anyway because of the rescue helicopters were still yes. in force. Um, and there's a radio transmission in there to say the army's just arrived. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's Alyssa. She ad-libs when you're running through the, the concourses that she's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I wonder if the rest of the city is like this. You know, stuff like this, which, you know, indicates that it's happening really yeah, yeah, early yeah. on. Okay. Well, so, I mean, I, um, Below Freezing Point is definitely Yoko's scenario more than anything. And as you said, you get 
you get these special special features, and you get a different a, a different video as well, don't you? With she her? was experimented at once. She she had her mind erased by Greg. Yes, yep. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if she was ever infected though. Was she? She um... had the T virus in her, but carried it all explained in end of line, end of the road. She she uh, was an experiment, wasn't she, during development of the Thanatos Tyrant? Yeah, she gets a special cutscene if you, if you have her with Greg, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Hive, which is a blatant um, rip off, if you not rip off, but homage to uh, the film, which had just recently been released. The first one, anyway. Although it has nothing to do with it other than the uh, the, the name. Oh, I apologise if I surprised you. Please, do not be alarmed. I'm a doctor in this hospital. I must say that this hospital is not an ideal place to take shelter. It's not as safe as it may look or sound. I myself have decided to get out of here as soon as possible. I still don't quite know why they called it the Hive. I find it an odd choice for for a name with the only possible clue in my opinion being the fact that you've got a leech man. Yeah. Was that it? Is that it? I mean that's the only thing I could think of why it's possibly called the Hive. But, I think so, yeah. But the Hive as you said, you know, again it didn't tread on Resident Evil 3 and it was nice to go back to Raccoon General Hospital and we had again they had the, the Hunter Gammas in it. Not there. What me? No, not in that scenario. Just zombies. Is it just Zom- zombies? Zombies and leeches, yeah. Where are the gammas? They're desperate times. Oh, you're in the not... water plant beneath the university. Oh, your knowledge is too good, Sean. I could have sworn they were in it. But I played I'm... this a lot. You must have said, yeah, we're getting mixed up. Oh, never mind. Anyway, um, but I love the cutscenes with Leech Man. One of them was a bit funny because it wasn't done full FMV, was it? It was kind of done in-game. And I wasn't quite sure about the graphics. It was all a bit funny, but the I, I did feel sorry for the chap, and um, I liked the way he had to try and kill him. I thought that was quite good. And the, the way he kind of like bet, kneeled down to suck blood. Very mm. odd. Very odd. But it's good. Good. It's a great dynamic. I've, I thought the fact so. That, um, the fact that one of the players could become the leech man. Yeah. Yes. They died as well. Yes. I don't it... think you could control him though, could you? I don't think you actually. Were you able to control him online? Does anyone know? I'm sure you could play as a zombie for a bit, couldn't you? And uh, just when one of the main char- when one of the characters dies in Hive, if you've previously killed the leech man, then they will become the new one. It's a great scenario. Absolutely loves exploring the hospital. You could find little things, couldn't you? Like, uh, so wasn't Chris Redfield's X-ray mm. one of the one of the special items? Oh, was it? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's quite nice. But um, I I, I like the fact that it was. Is a clever technique, obviously, that they replicated in Outbreak 2 as well, and they've done it before, but having the, the fact that he's stalking you throughout the, the narrow corridors worked mm. worked particularly well, I thought, and it was, a, you know, you, you never had enough ammo to last you, and it was just like, shit, run, run, I, I like, you know, the, the, it was the furnace, wasn't it, you took him to or something to try and... You needed the blood packs, didn't you? Yeah, you're going to collect all the blood packs, it's quite good. George? It's a great bit, but... Sorry, go on. I was say if George. Yes, no, I'm, lis- I'm listening with fascination. Um, it's a good job I, I, I uh, waffled quite a lot of, I, when we were doing the news. Um, <laughs> yes, because I've not said. I know I've not said too much, but I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because unfortunately these are many insights. I'm afraid that I've just not yet. Um, I've had the opportunity to appreciate um, and the f- <laughs> finding it fucking almost impossible to get out of Jay's bar at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus. I. I- I think you'd enjoy the hive. I think it's it's very Resident Evil-y classic yeah. style. Very narrow halls and 
le- less far less actiony than say Carlos's bit, which is very actiony. I always thought in Resident Evil Three because you go there with the assault rifle and you're you're quick, bam, bam, get there, get a vaccine, get the hell out, that kind of thing. Mm. You, you get to uh, you know a, lo- a long time looking around investigating. It's far more creepier. Well, I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Cause it's, it, it, it almost appears to be far superior to Operation Raccoon City in every way, which is you know obviously a very similar concept that could have offered. Appears very, to be. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean the the ending part of it is quite interesting as well because it that's the giant leech. If you're on the boat, aren't you? And then. The most frustrating boss in the entire game. Wasn't there funny? Ro- I, I, I mean, I I think I did it first. I managed to do it first time, but I remember I was reading my strategy guide, and it was saying it is a right pain up the arse. But sure, elaborate on why. Well, it, it was maybe it was easy if you did it online. I can imagine, but having to babysit your other characters, um, you know, and you had to lure it down this long channel, this leech queen thing, and you had to shoot like valves to fire hot steam at it, and you know, obviously, if a character took a lot of damage, then they would fall into the water and you'd have to go and rescue them. And then it was just so maddening to have played this scenario for about an hour to then get a lucky cheap shot to be then in the water is just watching your virus gauge go up. I mean, it must be even worse playing it with a pug because with, like, so pickup group, like, you know, people you don't know. And you don't have that communication with them to coordinate no. an attack yeah. on it. I I, I remember, just as picking up on that, I remember when it first got announced, um, I spoke to my friends like, mate, this is going to be awesome. Even before like Outbreak 2 was announced, I said, we'll be able to join, go online, and then I'll say, I'll, I'll go to the zoo, you go to the hospital, I'll go here, we'll join back in an hour. And that kind of, that's, yeah. how, that's how I pictured it. Everybody thought it was going to be more of an MMO when it came out. Yeah. When it was announced, should I say. Exactly. And oh, uh, You carry on talking, my phone's ringing. Wow, Resident Evil MMO would be pretty good. If would you was, guys yeah, play it, that? If it, if it was set in Raccoon City and was respectful to the geography and everything like that, then yeah, I would play it. But it would all be fetch quests and stuff like that. It's like collect yeah, yeah, herbs. I, I could, there's nothing wrong with fetch quests. They pass the time. Every could... game, every MMO has them. What? Yeah. Who, whose scenario is this one? Do we think? Uh, David's. Uh, although he's not. There's no characters that's actually in any of the cutscenes. Uh, uh, sorry, not David. George. Uh, only because he's the doctor. Surely George's decisions, decision. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. yeah Come really to the University that. of Record City, your friend oh, Peter, Peter Jenkins. Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't really think there's. So is this one not got any? Any character assigned? Although. Uh, doesn't Mark have something to do with this scenario, some way? Well, hold the scenario. I mean, there's got to be said. So there's ten scenarios, oh. eight characters, so there's always going to be one. So I thought Mark could unlock a, a locker that's assigned to him or something like that and get a weapon. Doesn't he work in the security office in the hive in the hospital? Oh, flashback was for Alyssa. Yes. Two things that always impressed me with the hive, though. If you yep. go to the roof. Raccoon Park is ge- geographically accurate. It's in the right direction. You can Good. actually see it from the roof. And um, it always makes me wonder, because back in the last Resident Evil Online trailer, before it was retitled to Outbreak, you actually went that the famous trailer which showed so many scenarios that weren't in the final game. There was an image of Alyssa being able to walk outside the streets of the hospital, that section in Resident Evil 3 where Carlos goes. 
yeah. I always wonder. I always wonder, like how that would have fit into Outbreak. Was it was it more of an open ended game to begin with? And we'll never know. We'll never know. Moving on, the next one was Hellfire. Take downstairs. What's that? It's gonna blow! Get out! Which was a return to uh, where decision uh, where outbreak started. We've since discovered. I, th- I can't remember what Bright Spark realised that it was a s- that two of them, the team, split up into two. But uh, very genius, because then obviously that one follows that one way and one follows the other. But Hellfire is obviously set, is set in the Apple Inn, which is next to Jay's bar or pretty close to it. And this so, does isn't it something to do with the fact that the doors are still intact and outbreak? Could be that, that, that the fire brigade knocked down. You can see the smoke. I don't think you, you, you can see the smoke from the fire, can't you? In outbreak, when you're running through the streets. Ah. and of course, um, it, obviously, obviously the fire brigade who are in Hellfire, obviously they're still going to be around. You know, still the, early on. And well, the the fire brigade at the end tell you that the army's been called in as well. Wait, and so we know the RPD were pretty much wiped out. The, what did the fire brigade do? Were they still around? Well, th- this was before. This is still the 23rd of September. Yeah, it's still the 23rd. It's, it's before the army arrives, so yeah. But then that, that, that does raise the very interesting question of the liquors. Very quick mutation. A very quick mutation. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I have an answer, but you know, that, we won't dwell on that. But um... It's the people who died in the fire and then they get reinfected. Do you think, I mean, I mean the liquor is obviously a, a zombie that's infected, then... Suffers what a de- dehydration, isn't it? Well, I think we can. Secondary exposure to the T virus, isn't it? Yeah, and, that, and that's why they still look like infantile liquors. Yeah. Because they're very different to the RE2 liquors. But that's because we think the RE2 ones were ones created in the were the ones created down the labs that re- that escaped. How the hell did it get all the way up there yeah, then? The original liquor was a uh, secondary infection, wasn't it? Because I've got an interview somewhere in one of the guidebooks where it says. They actually caught a specimen, didn't they, of a liquor? And it was speculated. Researchers speculated that it was some kind of wild tyrant. Oh right. Um, and then they studied it, and obviously they created the weaponized version with the uh, evolved liquor. You know, the dark-skinned ones with the extra long claws. But uh, in terms of these these little skinny baby liquors, I, I I don't really know what the crack is with them. No, because there's quite. I mean, you always take it with a pinch of salt as to how many there are actually in that scenario, because obviously. You know, it's never canon as to exactly how much, but there's quite a few of them in there. Plus, mm. plus you have suspended as well, or the Regis liquor, whatever you want to call it. Great enemy, that is really, really well designed. But then back people... in the days when back in the days when people thought that when the life cycle was a crimson head into a liquor. Yeah. Yes, and that was a kind of, but I mean, I think nowadays it's been accepted. It's just a random freak mutation, mm. which Outbreak has quite a few of. I think you can safely say. So I wonder if that person. The lady that turns into 
that particular the Regis Licker, if it was a similar situation to the Skag Dead in Revelations, that she was someone who had a natural resistance, and therefore was that kind of odd mutation for her. I think so. I think she follows the same sort of pattern as, say, the X Man from um, Flashback or whatever it was. It's just a. There's no real explain or Dorothy, you know, whatever. There's no real explanation as to how it came about because there's still quite a lot of human features on her, isn't there? She's very far more look, looking more human than, than a licker. Still wearing shoes. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's not a clear explanation as to why there's lickers there. We're just thinking. Very quick people have been reinfected. Just looking at a picture now of the... Yeah, she's still got, like, some of her clothes on, like, high heels and mm. stuff. Jesus Christ, that is quite... Let me link this, actually, the picture. That's a bit... It seems a bit... I mean, I, I also want to say it seems like a, 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 a quite a, quite sexualized as well. You can tell it's feminine, I think, is a key point. It's the first time you can make it out. But I, I can see why people would say that it was the halfway between a crimson head and a liquor. But it's to me, as a as a as a design, it seems too overly sexualized. I mean, look at the arse on it. Yeah. It, she, I mean, maybe it's just Japan. I don't know, but it just to me seems quite sexualized. But she had a ridiculously long tongue, more so than any other normal liquor, which again suggests it's a random mutation as opposed to this kind of life cycle thing that was floating around for years. Well, George is the expert to ask on that. <laughs> so you, is that the girl you went out with, George? Paul. Yeah. His silence, I believe, speaks all. <laughs> what was that you said? Yes, yes, indeed. So, so basically, you agree that everything I've said in the past five minutes is right. Yes. <laughs> Make no sound. Make no noise. <laughs> Come, George, get with it. Get with it. It could make a. Um, it could call the other liquors, couldn't it? It, it? it like screeched and could bring other liquors to its location, couldn't it? Mm. So what? What are we saying then? Just uh, the, the liquors were caused by, as I said, just secondary infections very quickly. Well, yeah, the, the original liquors weren't a BOW. It was just a freak mutation. The researchers from the underground lab caught a specimen. Yes. And then decided to weaponize it. And so that's how it became from the skinny little. Thing yeah. that we saw into the kind of muscular beast that but, it became then but the, yeah but the suspended is just an irregular yeah. mutant really isn't it i just sorry i just was wondering why you were talking over me before when john asked me about my recent girlfriend but um my microphone was turned off so i've just <laughs> turned it you you didn't hear my witty repose but i've just turned it back on again <laughs> what was your witty reply then um I can't remember now. <laughs> it was five minutes ago. Yes, I, no, it was just, well, no, I went out to make a cup of tea and came back in, and then I heard you talking about something that was sexualized, and I, I, I'd missed what you were going on about, but I was quite intrigued. <laughs> well, I was talking about the uh, the Regis liquor, how because I, I basically ah, posted. A, a, okay, a good. I was worried. I thought you might be talking about children or something. I'm pleased. At least it was a bow. Oh God, what is it with? Oh, that's awful. First it's Joseph Fritzer you compared me to, and now it's just... No. no, no. Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile. Oh. I was about that then. Can you fix it for me? Anyway. Have you seen the film he's going to be in? The uh, Oh, She's Eleven? Like, oh, She's Eleven. <laughs> he's here all week. Can we assign Hellfire to any particular character? I can't think. No. 
I don't think we can, can we? But it's, well, David is the one in the cutscenes, isn't he? But don't you think David is end of the line? Just because he gets that little bit at the beginning. Yeah, he is. Yeah, sorry, forget what I just said. That's fine. I'm making that up. That's and I mean, you know, skipping ahead, J- Jim's obviously underbelly. Alyssa's flashback. George, that's it. That's everyone, isn't it? But then again, you could say Yoko was uh, decisions, decisions as well because of a link to Greg that's, Miller. That's true. I wonder if Yoko was named after Yoko Ono. I think it's quite a common Japanese name, though, isn't it? Did, um, did you just did you just quickly allude to uh, Dario Russo's cameo in Hellfire? Oh, oh he yeah. stayed at the hotel, didn't he? He stayed there, didn't he? he? Did he? Mentioned on the roster. He is, yes. You're quite right. Oh, how dare I forget that? And of course, later, Apollin is later used in uh, Death's Door. Yep. Which is which was a nice touch. I think you can find a a briefcase with the initials BB on it. Which people have speculated is Ben Bertolucci's. Ah. Is that in the uh, subway underbelly, isn't it? Yeah. You find his briefcase on the floor? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. My my mistake. So he went through there at some point. Which would make sense. Anyway, the final one was Decisions, Decisions, which was the final chapter in um, Outbreak File 1. Too much growth weakens an organization. What should be important becomes overshadowed by greed. Mass production? Ridiculous! One masterpiece is enough. And uh, we've already talk- talked about this, actually, a bit. The, the return to, well, Raccoon University, which was a wonderful setting, I thought. Uh, we had lots of, uh, lots of creatures going on, including the Thanatos Tyrant and the return of Nikolai. Somewhat unexpected, I thought, at the time. Because, obviously, yeah. up to that point, there was zero mention of, you know, of any um, of the normal Resident Evil characters that we've countered, really. You know, any of the main, main ones, Dario Rosso and that aside, but... It, it, you know, apart from his now chiselled face, he looked quite normal. It's uh, it's, it's a good ca- good cameo. Well, I don't know. It came across as a bit forced to me because there's no real need for it to be him. It just seems like yeah, let's make him Nikolai just for the hell of it. Did he sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger to anyone else? A bit, yeah. <laughs> and when I mean, oh, calm gonna... down. You must give me your blood. <laughs> Calm down. You must give me your blood. Farewell. Decisions, decisions must have been set then on the 1st of August. October. 1st of October evening. It's daytime though, isn't it? Day then. If you look out the windows, it says something like a grey afternoon sky or something. So, okay. Sunrise. You could argue it's sunrise, couldn't you? What's but, the time difference between the end and the bombs coming? Uh, I can't remember. Well, there's, there's a file, isn't there, saying um, one of the file Nikolai has saying, was it Operation Emperor's Mushroom or something? Um, and it says the operation must begin at 5.35am, I think. Ah, oh, OK. Uh, and you'd say dawn would be, what, 6am, something like that. So this scenario would have to take place whilst Jill 
is moving through Raccoon Park. Must because, do. Because once Nikolai kills Greg, he'd have to leg it back to the dead factory, wouldn't he? To the subway. Yeah, because yes, because obviously he, he something happens at the dead factory regardless of what what view you've taken. He either gets killed, doesn't he, by the nemesis, or or, or flies off in the helicopter, or flies off, or gets shot down, or whatever you want to do. Mm. Yeah, so it must take. Can't it take? No, it's not. It's not proof that he he survived he, that. No, can't. Be. Well, he flies off in Resident Evil Three literally minutes before the missile hits, yeah. so he couldn't go to the university then. It has to be concurrent with Jill moving through Raccoon Park. It's the only place it could fit. So is this after she's found out who he is? But in the in that little cabin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he must bugger off literally after that. So what does he do in... I mean, I know he he blows up the hospital and he blows up the university. <laughs> he blows up a lot of things. Yes. But the issue is it's still dark when Jill's moving through the park and it's daylight at the university or pre-dawn. Well, at the moment he finished his work at the university, he must have somehow made it to the dead factory in time for uh, the showdown with Jill. Yeah. Yeah. Moving. That's why I think. That's why I don't think it works as a cameo because it creates problems with the time. If it if it appeared in any other scenario, it would have been perfectly fine. But I can't understand why they decided to use one, which takes place literally in the final hours of the outbreak, when we already know from Biohazard Three he's in another place at that time. Well, how far away is a dead factory from the university? It's quite a bit. It's not on the official map, though, is it? Let me have a look. Well, I think it is because... Unless you count it as that. Well, would he have enough time to get there? It's like next to the docks, isn't it? Yes, yes, cause, yeah, cause we, because every scenario needs a Neptune in it. I mean, I just wonder if he had enough time between... I mean, ah, but maybe... Ah, hang on, because he didn't stick around, did he, in university? Once he gunned down Nikolai... Uh, no, no, once he gunned down Greg, he would have immediately left at that point. would have stuck around to the end of the scenario. He was already moving by the time the bomb was rigged and everyone was on the way out of there. I mean, he wouldn't have waited and watched people fight Thanatos. Have to, yeah, well, in any event, it have to have been pretty, um, pretty swish. Because he's surprised, isn't he? Because he, he, he needs the blood sample from the tyrant and when he fires the, 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 uh, the gun with the syringe onto the tyrant's back, that's what causes it to go mental and decimate all the UBCS squad and, and jump through into the university. And he sort of realises then that he's not going to be able to get it, isn't he? Because he's not going to have time. And he just he just says something like, might as well set it up anyway, just in case. Mm. Damn. <laughs> so, okay, well, I mean, that's a time timeline aside. It was it's a fairly interesting scenario with old Peter Jenkins and whatnot. And, and then... The, uni- the university itself was brilliant as like a, a hub exploration yeah. area it was full of it puzzles is. it had some really nice rooms like you know a museum uh, and an armory and you know there was i think there was four was the four university presidents and the statues of them dotted around and you had to find like uh the president's glasses and put them on the statue to open a secret door and why couldn't the first chapter of leon's game in resident evil 6 been like this yeah i mean it, to be honest desperate times is every bit what you would want from a Resident Evil title now is, you know, it's nearly a game in itself, just that scenario. Yeah, decisions, it's, decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. It certainly yeah, is the longest. Yeah. Well, you, ha- you have to use the antiviral pills because yeah. I think it's mentioned in the strategy guide it's impossible to complete the scenario without it because it's just too big. And um, if you play it offline, 
you are totally reliant on another player doing the other path that you can't do. Yeah. And sometimes it would completely fuck up. And the player, the other player with the item that they would get from the other section just wouldn't meet up with you and you couldn't actually complete it. That's yeah. why I think I completed it. I mean, if they redid it and it was online now, with today's online architecture, we should all play it. It would have been good. Working together, using Skype and stuff to communicate. It just lacked the online architecture that it really needed back then. It would be, yeah. I mean, you know, that 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 type of scenario would be great. And you know what what we've said about Resident Evil Six, it's you know the beginning of RE Six would have been a bit like that, wouldn't it? And oh well, never mind. You have lots of BOWs in the N one, quite random. Well, there is a Neptune, uh, obviously something that I take personal interest in in the docks. You've got uh, you've got a lot of zombies still, and you've got the Thanatos Tyrant. So a, a new tyrant. Always raises debate about new tyrant, how it's created. This time, we clearly know, not through mass production. Um, but, are we, I mean, you know, just as a generic thing, are we talking Ivan clone? Are we talking just a random mutation? How how, how was this one created? How, how do we know? Well, Thanatos? Mm. Well, it's clearly a black guy, wasn't it? <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was a, Thanatos was a, it was a black guy. Went speedos. And yeah, he enjoyed swimming. He was a swimming instructor. And he got him out of swimming pool. Right. Well, yes, he did have speedo, speedos, I suppose. You're quite right. Um, and he jumped. Very high in jumping, isn't he? White men can't the, jump. And he has the best boss music of any villain in the series. The third time's a charm track is exquisite. Mm. Well, I think well the whole, the whole music of Outbreak 1 is just brilliant, though, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't well, allude, was... allude during Below Freezing Point, actually, but they actually take some very subtle riffs from the Resident Evil 2 soundtrack and just splice it very nicely with the original soundtrack. It's very good. All it was missing in uh, the soundtrack was when the, the bomb is ticking down when you escape the university, it needs to have the final countdown by Europe playing. <laughs> We're leaving together. <laughs> Because uh, that that wouldn't have ruined the atmosphere. It would have been epic, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> why has this tyrant got a pair of underpants on? Well, yeah, we said well. To protect his modesty. Mm. First one to wear clothing. Pro- well, that's not true. Because but... Thanatos was the first tyrant they couldn't make genderless. Yes, must be. I have no idea. That's a good, well, that's good enough theory. Sure, it's I a like big it. instructor. That's well, it wasn't. It wasn't an umbrella. Was it an umbrella project? Because it says Greg Muller left Umbrella, didn't he? And, and then he, how did he get hold of a specimen that was tyrant compatible? Um, I mean, are, are we talking? Is this a one in ten million person that was ready? No, because Birkin had created the oh the new strain, which the new strain that yes. meant anyone could be. Can I just say, I like the uh, analogy between Birkin and Greg. They were quite similar, the two of them. In that they mm. both tried to betray Umbrella, both had different reasons for doing so, and Umbrella went after both of them with different people. Used Nikolai to get to Greg, and then used the USS to get to Birkin. Mm. Obviously, Birkin was the bigger threat to them, the higher risk, higher priority, because he was in touch with the US government, and he was working on a project which was very important to Umbrella, as opposed to Greg, who was just some guy who didn't like Umbrella very much and disagreed yeah. with their policies. 
still tinkering. I think they missed a trick though by never finding out what Birkin's attitude to mass production was. <laughs> Maybe they met each other and I don't know, had a coffee or something. Well, I think you know Kamamura's interview delves a bit into Birkin's dream goals of like G, G humans. He's something that we've only really discovered fairly recently about what you know Birkin really wanted from the G virus. Mm. So you know we, we kind of got that bit tid, that tidbit I suppose, but <laughs> um, well I mean certainly in my opinion this was this was George's uh, scenario just because of the beginning part and his connections with Peter Jenkins because there's, there's that note and, isn't there yeah, in, in the in the underground of the police department well yes and the, I think that isn't there a nice link in Mah- is it Mahara Desire. With the daylight? Yes, yeah. it's, it's mentioned in that, although... We're really, not quite sure. Really, that's a mistake, because it should be the Will Farmer vaccine. That's, that's the public vaccine. Daylight was just... Uh, Experimental, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's also Yoko's scenario, because of her scene with Greg. You know, she, is, yeah. she gets a sort of canon mention with that sequence. It's only a, it's only a brief line. She's I given. should add, though, if uh, you need to play, canon-wise, you play as Yoko in Below Freezing Point, because if you don't play as Yoko, yeah. she turns up, but she also become a zombie at some point in the scenario. Well, George does in this. If, yeah. if, if George is an NPC character in this, you find him dying by the docks. That's also true, yeah. And that's David as well in End of the Road, isn't it? Yeah, he's in the opening. He's in the, anyway. Yes, yeah, he's in a little bit. And he comes so back. maybe it's canon that you don't play as him. Maybe that's where those characters die, canon-wise. Well, somebody speculated that. I think is it. Who was is, it? Yes, you're is, right. Is, is Mark the only person who doesn't die? Canon- yes. Every, everybody else but Mark dies at some point if they're NPCs. So that lets people speculate that Mark was the only canon survivor. Hold on, hold on. Re- rewind. Cindy's has got to be outbreak. Outbreak's got to be said. Oh, yeah, she's a waitress at yeah, Jay's exactly. Bar, yeah. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> so who who dies in what scenario now? So Kevin dies yeah. in the uh, end of the road. Not Kevin, uh, no, 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 what's his name? David dies in the end of the road. He's a zombie in that. Uh, Decision Decisions has George. He dies on the docks. I think Cindy gets trampled by the elephant. Yep. Yes, in Wild Things, yep. Who are we missing? Kevin? Got, um, Jim. Yeah, how does, how, how does Jim die? Uh, oh God, I can't remember now. Good test, isn't it? Can't remember. This should be on the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> no, my questions aren't very good. Uh, All I remember is just reading a thread. Someone had done a really good chart, and yeah. Mark was the only one who didn't have an in-game death, so to speak. And then you weigh that up against the fact that they all get canon. Mm. They all get quite nice end scenarios, which kind of ties in quite nicely with. But what about? I'm sure. One of them testifies against Umbrella, Alicia. No, uh, Linda. Linda survives, doesn't she? Yeah, Linda and Yoko testify in the raccoon trials. But I think it's it's accepted canon now that they all survive, I think. Is that what, yeah, okay. I mean, it would make sense, because at the end of in Umbrella Chronicles, they mentioned that there was an ongoing a trial against Umbrella, so Linda and Yoko would have testified in that. It all fits. Yeah, it does. You know, you can't. I read an interesting rumor as well that uh, the um, I, I don't believe it, but the, the reporter who's on the beach at Revelations is Alyssa. Yeah, that was I one mean, theory flying around. It actually does a look, look a lot like her. 
Really? Yeah. Which report is this? I don't remember. Yeah. At the beginning of Revelations, I think it's after you've done chapter one. Yeah, chapter she... two begins. Um, it's just a reporter on the beach walking toward camera talking about what Terra Grigia was and what's happened there. It does look a lot like Alyssa. It'd be nice if it was her. But she's brown haired. I think she's blonde, isn't she? Yeah, she is blonde. Is it? Oh, I must think of the other one. And um, not, uh, this is a file two thing, but there's a nice cameo from the remake news reporter in Alyssa's ending. Yes, yes, there is. Yes, I saw that fairly recently. Where did I see that? Someone, yeah, I read, yeah, that's nice. So, what was everyone's uh, kind of favourite scenario? Was decision, decisions, decisions, without a doubt. It's exquisite. Will that be general consensus? Yeah, although I enjoyed Outbreak, just for its sort of simplicity. It's you know, it's, it's enjoyable to play through. Decisions, decisions is good, but it, it can get frustrating. Okay, what we'll do, we'll go back. To, we'll go back to the the main characters. I mean, what who everyone played as and why, and the different quirks. So we already touched on earlier about the, you know, uh, Mark can move things, and Jim had this lucky coin. It, all it did was increase his crit rate. Oh, is that what it did? I, I, I always. Yeah. It, each each coin flip increased his crit crit rate by twenty percent, I think. So you could, if you got three in a row, you could get it up to sixty. There's something like that because if you got if you got a tails during the flipping, um, you you would you would lose them all. So you needed to get like three in a row. Okay. And then who was the herb one? Who had the herb? Oh, Cindy. She got a herb case. Yes, you could do the herb case. Yeah. What about George? What did he do? George could mix herbs into pills. Which herbs gave and them, spices. Yeah, you could, if you mix the red herb, it gave you the uh, the hemostat, which could stop you from bleeding. So that was another thing I didn't like about. I didn't like the bleeding. Yoko had the backpack. Yes, yeah, they got the lockpick. Um, yeah. Jim got the lucky coin. Uh, David Cindy and his spanners. Pack. Oh yeah, David could make things with a spanner, couldn't he? And fix things. Yeah, he could craft. He, he could make an awesome sledgehammer out of a rock and a pipe. You oh, could okay. make like a cattle prod as well that looked like the, oh, yeah. the one out of bottom. <laughs> it was actually one of one of David's weapons that he could craft was actually one of the most powerfulest weapons in the game. I can't remember if it was the hammer or the it cattle prod. The, it, the, it must be the cattle prod. The, the must... bottom cattle prod. <laughs> must be, Jim, must be. Um, I, I I like I mean I mean it's not a new idea as obviously having different characters to have different traits and whatnot, but Again, if you played it offline, you never really reap the benefits of it because obviously, I just found the AI to be so poor. They just ran yeah, around like headless chickens, and you, you know, when you're choosing your characters that you want, it's like, oh, she'll be useful for the for the extra space or something, or she'll be useful for the, you know, for the herbs. It just didn't work like that, and it was just, oh, for fuck's sake. So I, of course, I, in file, in file one as well, you had the preset teams. You couldn't choose your partner. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. You know, actually. That's a that's a problem. I wish that the cattle prod you made in Outbreak that David is it David? Yeah, that David could make. I wish when you used it, it sounded like it the one in bottom because that was just a brilliant, brilliant prop. <laughs> make zombies shit themselves. I mean, there's a there's a lot to. It. I mean, I think over the course of you know us, everyone scrutinising it and whatnot. There's a lot to this. I think I always think there's a lot to the story that adds to it. Things like mainly more an ep- outbreak too, maybe because obviously you get to go to the umbrella base and whatnot. But I, I, I can't see beyond the poor the poor gameplay. I, 
I, I genuinely struggled. I genuinely struggled with the game. Um, mm. it, it, it just being able to just do normal things, and it became a chore. Going, do I really want to carry on because of the load times and things like that? And yeah, coming up after like remake and zero, it. Well, I'd much rather play them. I must say though, comparing it to remake and zero, I was impressed at how well the PlayStation Two outputted those visuals. I mean, it's still a good-looking game now. You know, even going back to it, it's, it's very impressive. Mm. And it's not pre-rendered, is it? No, no not at all. But, but sometimes it looks like it is. You know, it, the, the, the actual, you know, the quality of the graphics are really impressive. If you ever try it on an <coughs> emulator um, and run it in higher resolutions, the textures and everything still holds up. It, it, it looks a really good game. It would upscale very well for a HD release. Well, obviously, you know, you get a lot of the um, textures got used in um, Umbrella Chronicles, of course. Mm. So, you know, they must have held up fairly well. Um, I think what we'll do, I mean, we will obviously when we talk about Outbreak 2, I think we should have a sub-discussion on Outbreak 3 for the, up, for the Outbreak 2 chat. And then if we just concentrate on Outbreak 1, maybe for this. And, uh, and then, because obviously there's a lot we can talk about. We, we t- talked about skins and... Or scenarios. And, and or other scenarios. Day in, Mo- Day in the... What's it called? I can't believe that was cut. They even made the opening cinematic to that. It was in a Famitsu issue. It was, wasn't it? Um, With Mickey, the um, motel owner, reading a newspaper as mm. the characters come and see him. Uh, yeah, there was lots to it. It's a shame. But never mind. Um, does anyone want to say anything else about Outbreak? Have I missed any key point that they wanted to raise? Just, just I'll just finish by... Uh, just carrying on what I said in the opening that, you know, whenever Capcom have done those polls or the, you know, how, you know, what what would you like to see from the company? I've always said Outbreak because to me, the fact that not enough people got a chance to play it online mm. is, is a crime really. And, and this generation was just screaming for it to be re-released as a, as a network title or an XBLA title with full online you know, full online gameplay that hardly anyone got to experience. And I, I really genuinely believe it would find its audience if it was re-released today. Yeah, I agree with that. I would totally agree. And it would almost instantly, at least per scenario, replicate what I thought Resident Evil Online would be like. Quick, you go this way, I'll go that way. Be things like decisions, decisions. I think the sales figures for... Um these of completely inferior version experience what we got with Operation Raccoon City, I think shows that there is that demand for that type of game out there, irrespective of whether it kind of sat, you know, the canon issues and the, and the actual quality satisfies, you know, chaps like us. Um, aside from that, you know, that type, that type of gameplay is definitely going to be popular. So yeah, it'd be fantastic if File 3, you know. Well, uh, File 1 went platinum in Britain anyway. I know that. Own it, yeah. File two didn't, but file one definitely went platinum, and I suppose that's an encouraging sign. But um, I mean, does anyone think? I mean, was it the case that Operation Raccoon City actually sounded the death knell for uh, file three? I don't know because well, Capcom have learned a few things. <laughs> you know, Capcom have learned a few things since Resident Evil Six. That is very much apparent. You know, and they they've said that and. You know, if they were to re-release this as a you know a compilation title with File One and File Two packaged with some exclusive, brand new, never before seen scenarios, you know it, it would give people the fix that everyone says they want, which is the old gameplay. And you know, it, all all the outbreak ever was for me was 
like I said earlier, a greatest hits of that gameplay. You know, it, it had all the best bits. Mm. And I just think, you know, yeah, I would, I would love to see how it would perform. I might be totally wrong and people wouldn't embrace it at all, but I, I would certainly pick it up. Even, you know, God forbid it be a full price title, I would probably mm-hmm. buy it because I would just like, like to see what it was like online. I never got the opportunity. Even with File 2, I never played it. Never played File 2 online. I, I would struggle to see a point. I mean, I know this this happens in a different game, but in Resident Evil 3, when you're in, near the clock tower, there's, what, three gems, isn't there? And you need to put the three gems in to get through the door. Just take a straightforward scenario where that's where you start and one of you needs to go in one direction. And then you can communicate as you're doing. How are you, how, how are you getting on, John? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing, ah! You know, and, and you're playing it all over the area. And then, quick, we better make it back. I'm holding off, you know, zombies. And you can have a proper. Yeah. Hey, you could make a story as well. Like, you, like you could role play as well. Like, you could have like, because you could have like friendly fire to on in the game. So at <laughs> some point, someone could pull a Nikolai to be the traitor of the group. One person is a. It's like the game. Um, used to play this online uh, called Mafia, where one person would be part of the Mafia, and it would basically, at the end of the round, kill off a random person, but no one would know who it was. You had to try to find out who it was. So one person could be assigned by a GM to be the, you know, the killer or the traitor in this case. So one of us is a traitor, but we've got to figure out who. Sounds like Cluedo. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? But, you know... I don't know. So you've got, you know, you're going against the countdown. The timer is the countdown to the Raccoon City or something like that, the destruction of. And you've got, what, five days to get the hell out of the town or something like that. You know, you're stuck in there and you can either go separately or go, you know, go together. How quickly do you want to get out? The quicker you get out, the more points you get. Or, you so know, it, there's, there's so much possibility and potential. Your idea would work wonders, Nick, because we'd be talking on Skype or something. And then you're going along at a university or something, and you come across George's character, and you go, "Hey, George, you know, what happened? You got attacked by something? You know, did a zombie get you or anything?" And then these dying breaths is like, "Watch out for Sean. He's the traitor. <laughs> Someone is a traitor." The thing is, that gameplay experience has already exists. Have, you, have any of you guys seen the Armor Two mod called Daisy? Yes. That, that is that, you know, you are put in an environment and you meet other players and it really is up to the other player as to whether they're going to shoot you and steal all your belongings or whether you make this sort of unruly alliance and decide to work together and build a car or whatever so you can get to a safe haven. And it, the game is all, you should see, I've played it a few times and, you know, the chat threads are just filled with mistrust and, you know, like, I've got this item, where are you? You know, fuck off, I'm not telling you where I am. <laughs> you it's know, fantastic, because it's a great, like, sort of social commentary on how it will actually go down. No one would trust anyone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But there we go. Yeah, yeah no, some great ideas. What could be done with the Resident Evil license if Capcom were just less money-orientated? Okay, so we've talked about that. Um, what would what would your favourite moment of Outbreak File 1 be? Uh, we'll start with Star's Tyrant. It's either a cross between the whole of Decision Decisions because it's just excellent, you know. Mm. But in terms of historical significance on the series, I still watch it every now and then. The intro is something of the ages. That, you know, it's it's timeless. The music, direction, everything to do with it, it's just exquisite. So, probably that. Just the opening. Um, George Trevor, 
And you've got limited. Yeah, very limited. Um, but I agree with Sean about the intro. Just absolutely beautiful. And I mean, literally sends shivers down my spine um, in a way that, I, you know, very, very, very rarely happens with a video game. I think once happened in Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, obviously. Well, not no. I mean, I, I love Skyrim, but no, not no, nothing in Skyrim compares to, you know, Resident Evil was my first love. And the way that that was portrayed in that in, introduction, um, just I was at, you know, as John said, the direction, uh, the music, uh, the pace as you follow, you know, you follow the journey of the of the rats. And then at the very end, it just you hear the little siren in the background and you just the, the camera draws away out out of the um out of the sewer just so you, you know this is what's going on underneath you know you see the the streets above where everyone's completely ignorant of what's going on below them um absolutely beautiful uh mr spencer i would say the part where you have to basically where you, you you're rigging up the detonator to blow up main street and you have to go and find the detonator pieces and you're going to fend off zombies at the same time. They're about to get through the barriers and it's all going to shit. And you, it's, when tense. You blow, it's tense, yeah. And then when you blow up Main Street, it's like, ah, oh, suck on this, assholes. You blow the whole place up and there you go, job done. That's how you saw an outbreak. Blow it up. Just as a little side point, I, I found that bit quite amusing when you see all the zombies and then suddenly the game kicks back in. You're like, no, no thank you. And as I said, I, I've always compared and contrast that moment directly to, to a um, horde of Ganados in Resident Evil 4, where in RE4 you're happy to go guns blazing, where in Outbreak you're going, I really don't want to go into that. And that's always been my compare and contrast of the two series. Anyway. That's a good point, actually. Nick. Yeah, it yeah, is. Really good, com- good contrast there between the two. And Batman, favourite moment? Um, I liked moving through the streets in the Outbreak scenario, because... Because it was so early on, you got to experience a flavour, you know, the civilian panic and the police rescue operation. Because by the time you, when you play through the same situation in Resident Evil 2 and 3, the city's already dead. And, you know, I enjoyed, you know, getting a lift with the in the police van and, you know, talking to some of the civilians and, you know, just little things like that. I, you know, it just it brought some life to the city. It felt more like a city-wide outbreak. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I definitely. Uh, my just my my two cents. Um, that sounding like a broken record. I I think the introduction is is a work of art, and it's something I've been calling for for a long time. I I I like the best thing about Metal Gear Solid is the music, in my opinion. I love the music, and they they have it has a theme. There's, there is a theme, a Metal Gear Solid theme, and this is the closest Resident Evil's ever really come to having a theme tune. Oh, it would be, yeah. And what a theme tune! Uh-huh. I, I mean, it, it's so much so I don't I. If anyone was only to ever download one Resident Evil bit of music, it would always be that music. I have it on my iPod, and I I get a kick out of it every time it randomly comes on on shuffle, and um, I, I think. I think that says everything, really, in my opinion. I, I, I love, I just love the intro and I love the music, and that'll always be. The my music's opinion. just so full of sadness, isn't it? As well, yeah. it's just. Anyway, uh, move on. Yeah. To, move on to the scores. What did everyone think? Um, hmm. uh, start with you, Batman. Out of ten, what would you give it out of ten? Uh, six out of ten. Six. Uh, Stars Tyrant. Because I never got to try the online component, but I, I put a lot of hours into this game. I'll not lie, I put. You know, it, I probably put more hours into this game than maybe any other in the series outside of five. So I actually give it a solid, rounded eight. Wow. George, from your 
Well, um, I the point. Um, very quickly going back to the music, it is very sad and melancholy, and I actually think Resident Evil music gets it right and is perfect when it does when the music does melancholy. I've I've never been into the fast tracks and the rock stuff, and um, so that's another reason why I love the music. And I currently my experience that I get from it is only a five out of ten, but that's due to my limitations. And my actual mark would be what I think I will I would get out of it. And we'll get out of it, uh, which would be eight out of ten. Wow! I think the I know I know that's what I would get out of it. Um, I don't think I my my score should should suffer due to the fact that I can't fucking I get out of <laughs> bar yet. Well, once I master that Sony controller, I'll be on outbreak. I'll be I'll, as my son will say, I'll be sweating outbreak all the time. So the Sony control. I mean, the Sony controller is a SNES controller with handles. It's the greatest controller of all time. Oh my no! I don't. I don't get. That. I'm not with that at all. I've never oh, liked yeah. it. Anyway, I've always been an avid supporter of the DualShock. Really? It's a SNES yeah. controller, which is the best. With the handles, anyway. Uh, Mr. How do you feel to, you know, compared to the game? So you're not you fans of the GameCube controller? Because to me, like, that's, the, the, the that's one of my favorite controllers of all time. Yeah, the GameCube. GameCube controller is perfect for the hands, but. The way. Oh, what else does it have to be perfect for? Well, it, it fits. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, but um, I don't know. The GameCube controller is probably the best controller, but the SNES controller is the greatest controller, which by default. Anyway, that's that's a touch of different topic. Mr. Spencer, what would you give it out of ten? Um, I have to give it because of the lack of online in the PAL version. It loses a few points because of that. So I'm going to have to agree with Batman and give it a, a, a six, which is just above average. You know, five out of ten is an average, like Edge magazine do it. So a six is reasonable, but uh, it has a lot of flaws. The loading times when you're going through doorways and, of course, the lack of online. But graphics were very impressive and the gameplay was enjoyable. But some of the boss fights as well were a bit of a ball ache. Uh, John, I agree with every word you just said and give it exactly the same score. Six out of ten. Like the leech boss that um, Sean was talking about in the hospital, when you, you got a very narrow corridor, not much room to manoeuvre. Uh, it's just a complete hassle having to do that fight. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, thanks for all that, guys. We've had some call-ins, so um, we have two. The first one's come from our Australian friend who's hoping for a good Australian sports, sports. summer. With the ashes and all that. Come from the selfish Gene, so let's hear what he has to say. Good evening, everyone. It's uh, Gene here. I just thought I'd call in and share my thoughts on Resident Evil Outbreak. So a couple of months after the game came out in Japan, um, I was in Hong Kong on holidays, and I picked up like a poster and the, even the memory card in the Petri dish and the, the light-up umbrella stand that you could get. And... I was really, really excited for the game, really excited for it, and then there was really no word on the PAL release until, geez, months later, and then it finally came out, looking it up, in September of 2004. Um, when it did finally come out, I, I remember, you know, skipping university, going straight to the game shop and, and buying it, and then rushing home to play it that day. I knew not to expect to be able to play the game online, but I didn't think that that would really detract from my enjoyment. I really enjoyed all the scenarios, I think they're all really interesting and varied. I, I kind of liked how it really added a lot of the lore to what was going on at Raccoon City at the time. I loved that you had eight characters 
with unique abilities, and not only that, but you could unlock reskins, which had their own uh, move speeds, hit points, they'd all start with different items, and in different health conditions as well. I just thought that was a really, really cool thing to do. I'm not really going to talk so much about that kind of stuff, I think you guys have already probably discussed, you know, what you think of the scenarios and story. Um, but I just want to kind of bring up a few things that I think are really, really cool about Outbreak. And one is that it had, I think, easy, normal, hard, and very hard modes. And very hard mode was very fucking hard. And hard mode was fucking hard. And normal was still pretty tough. And easy was pretty easy. Um, and so if you found a weapon, well, you could find weapons, like, on hard and very hard but there'd be like a bent iron pipe or there'd be a, a broomstick that you could kind of hit an enemy with twice and it would break. And if you did find a projectile weapon, it would be empty and you'd have to find ammo or you'd have to use a character um, that had their own gun and rely on that rather than, than really relying on picking up a firearm. And I think that that just added to the realism of the game in that if there was an outbreak and you were to find a pistol, chances are there's going to be no ammo in it. The game also did great things like completely changing enemies that spawn in areas depending on what difficulty you're on, and also even just changing the locations of enemies. Maybe one of my favourite things that they did was um, have backdrafts behind some of the doors in the hotel that's on fire, which just cuts those areas out of the game on the higher difficulties, and it really made things difficult, and you had to memorise enemy and item layouts for each difficulty. I really like the point system that the game used, that you could unlock um, a lot of the videos that you could see, because I mean, back in 2004 we didn't have YouTube where you could look these things up, and I remember explicitly that, well one, there were kind of hidden endings that you would get if you finished the last scenario with a certain character, and keeping at least one other partner character alive, and then I think from memory you didn't take the cure, and then those two characters would stay until the, the missiles landed and you could kind of see this bittersweet little uh, cinematic with them and you could never unlock those in the gallery and I remember playing that last scenario just to see those because they were, they were just really cool and I really liked the detail that you saw in the game like that and I can't really think of any modern games that do put that much detail in there. Um, the introduction movie to the game is phenomenal and I love watching it even to this day. Um, I remember seeing it, it probably, it probably came on the, a cover CD of a game magazine, remember those? Um, from the Japanese release and that just got me so excited for the game and I remember back then everyone used to talk about the Spider-Man credit sequence where you could see the camera zooming in on the DNA and, and he undergoes all these changes and then you know it was, you look it up it's really really cool. And then people comparing this to that, and yeah, and, and still to this day, I think it's fantastic. I think the soundtrack's probably one of my favourites in this series as well. I think, I don't think it's underrated, I just think it's underappreciated. I just think it really, it's it's right up there among the best. Um, and I, I, I listen to it quite regularly, um, even though I haven't ashamedly played the game in years. Playing the European edition, we didn't get to play online, which is kind of curious since the game came out so much later than the NTSC versions, which did allow online play. And I guess that really just shows how far ahead of their times 
the Outbreak games were because, I mean, in this day and age, you don't see games where the, the HAL region release is more than a week or two after the NTSC release. There was a bug in the NTSC release with the, the ad-lib system in that when a certain, I think it was Alyssa in the first scenario would use it, the game would crash. And so, because you couldn't patch that, and they didn't really fix it, all they did in the PAL version was just entirely remove the ability of the ad-lib system. So the game was also kind of crippled in that respect. And and again, so there was, there was no online, and the online that was there in the regions that had it was limited communication, and they couldn't patch the game, so they just deleted a big feature like that. I never played this one online, but I did play the sequel online, and I probably will talk a bit more about that if you guys do another show on it. But the the game also had a very limited communication system. So for all those reasons, I just think the, it, it's really frustrating because the game wasn't well received. And yet, if I think it came out, not even this generation, but just with this infrastructure and backbone and kind of broader, broader base appeal that gaming's got now, I think they could have been really successful and it's it's kind of a shame that it's been relegated to this little niche historical experiment. Those who were there at the time, I'm sure enjoyed it on that level, it's just, it could have been so much more. I totally, I, I totally forgot about that Alyssa ad-lib thing, but yeah, it's true. On the American version, if you try and ad-lib during Outbreak, uh, it will just lock the game up completely. I didn't realise, though, that was the reason why ad-libs were removed from the PAL version. That's quite interesting. I didn't know that either. That's a bit of a huge bug to get past QA, isn't it? I know. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I, I thought it was a glitch uh, when I tried it the first time, because I think Alyssa was the first character I'd played. And I tried, I just hit the ad lib button during Outbreak and it crashed. And I was thinking, oh, is it, you know, is it a bug with my copy? Because this was like he alluded to in his uh, calling. This was before the days of patching and things like that. So you weren't sure if it was just an issue with your, you know, your copy of the game or whether it was a, you know, a game breaking issue that was for everybody. Yeah. God, those times before patching. <laughs> that was it. Um, um, thank you, Selfish Gene. Always appreciate your call. I should also say the the online architecture back then as well wasn't really as it was sort of still in its sort of early stages, infant stages. Because you, I remember Metal Gear Online, we used to play that uh, MGS three. I, I I did as well. It was I remember it a huge hassle in getting my PS two set up to play online. You had to sort of yeah. get your Ethernet cable plugged into it via a cable and. So by, yeah, by, yeah, all that stuff you had to go for that rigmarole. It was it was mental. But he did actually during that cast. He did remind me. We, I don't think we've talked about the extended ending, have we? In the ruins of Raccoon City. That's oh yeah, yeah. Is that far? I thought that was far too. No, it's the is that far one. Is it post credits post credit sequence where they allude to life still existing beneath the city? Yeah, like yeah, Nikolai calls the guy up, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, the test. You know, it's a test that they're doing or whatever. And they've only got a, a, a few, you know, a few minutes of time to be able to do it. A window of a few minutes. Mm. But there's still something alive, isn't there? Yeah, it's, you know, I've never gone back to that. 
Well, they certainly haven't followed. No, so they haven't followed that up uh, with that. That was quite scary. I thought it was like we dropped a huge nuke on it, one of the most powerful weapons we got in the world that exists, and it survived. It something has. Well, I said thank you, thank you, Gene, for that call-in. Very, uh, we appreciate anyone calling. Do we have another one, or is it just one? Just one. I just, think. just the one. Right. Which brings us quite nicely on to this week's quiz. So, without further ado, it's Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz. Their minds will be tested. I, I have an answer, but it's based on a thread that Welsh made. Experiments will be undertaken. I've been told by the boss that you have to be deducted a point. Fuck off. Great knowledge is needed. <laughs> I got massive knot out of five last time. And a new power will arise. Jesus Christ! Any questions? You said these questions weren't hard. I don't know. I don't know. just to say, you know, what, what sandwich was I eating in 1985? Behind the lights. George Trevor, the Batman, and Stars Tyrant. It's time for Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz. Hello and welcome to this podcast edition of Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz. Long time since we did the last one. Podcast uh, edition. Well, well. I think the last one was such a long time ago. We I think we we did it with like sort of communicating with cups and string. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Answers were sent in the mail in the mail, and I had to look. Yes, anyway. Um... <laughs> Carry a pigeon. I gave my answers to uh, Nick in person down the pub. Down the pub. <laughs> at the weather speeds. So let, let's have a quick recap. So hold on, has the quiz master been having direct no, no. Let, let's have. Uh, we'll... You know what? We should meet up again, Nick, for a pint. Yeah, what, what, so what did you promise him, John? We just exchanged money over the table, put like a, a briefcase with some money in it, and just did the exchange in the, uh, the Heroes in Waterlooville. So a quick recap of the scores. Batman is le- is on 15 points. Uh, George Trevor, 12. Uh, Stars Tyrant, 9.5. And, and Mr. Spencer's on uh, 39. Very good. No, he's on 8. Wait, wait, wait. What about the scores <laughs> I did for the last Well, I don't, I don't know. This, apparently... uh, yeah, yeah John. He, I did the quiz with, with John. And he, uh, he scored an impressive 4.5 out of 5. Did I'm he? very suspicious by this this great performance of his. Well, I was. I was expecting him to be shit, but no, really <laughs> good. So, wow. So, does that mean are we adding some points on for Mr. Spencer? Four and a half out of two to eight, isn't it? Wow. So that puts twelve and a half. That's put. That's, I don't, I don't know. that's puts you ahead of George Trevor. 
I'd be interested to see if the after or before the podcast went up. I've been drugs tested. Everything's fine. Ba- Batman, expect short. Sure, sure. I'd like, I'd like the, I'd like to, I'd like the this to be passed to the founder for approval. <laughs> uh, well, I, I had a Skype call with with John a few days after we did the RE3 podcast. It was before I'd edited it and before I had it uploaded onto the site. So, I uh, read him the questions, your questions, and he answered four out four correctly. And the last one was the music question, wasn't it? Yeah, I said it was like it was. What was it, the Moonlight Sonata one? Yeah, you yeah. asked me what it. I, it was C. I'm sure it was like in C minor. Sharp, I put something. It was yeah. C sharp minor. I know my classical music, so I can confirm as quizmaster. I didn't. I, I I didn't communicate the answers to Mr. Spencer, either. So he did it on his own free will. So well done. So what's the what's the league table again? So yes, yeah, so the revised Batman 15. Mr. Spencer 12 and a half. George Trevor 12. <sighs> Tie nine and a half. So, and if I look correctly, only Batman's got his la- uh, lifeline left, which is not going to be of use this time because yeah. spot's not here. So. Anyway, um, in terms of guest scores, we've got no guests, but uh, Ridley, Wanderer, and Rombie are leading the way with four points. Welsh, Smiley, Archer on three, Syndra two and a half, Selfish Gene, M. Greg, and Zombie Fred with one. So, clear your desktops. You can load up Notepad. Question. Already had it open. Question number one: Who is Ben Earhart? As much detail as possible, but you know, <clears throat> I think they're quite simple this week. So, someone's typing already. I yeah, know, no, it's, no, it's going to say it's, it's Notepad. I mean, it is Notepad. notepad. It's Notepad's not used for anything other than when John decides to <laughs> participate in his quiz. <laughs> brilliant! Brilliant. Oh, I can't believe it, though, because I, I wrote these questions a long time ago. We've actually already had the answer to this one, so who was listening? Uh, this question comes from Vito. What's the name of the owner of the motel in the scrap scenario a day in Raccoon City? There's only one yeah. name given, isn't there? Yes, yes, I'm only looking for yeah. it. So the owner of the motel? We've, we've ha- well, yes, we, we've had the answer already. Yeah, I wasn't listening. Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> this was this, this was a scrapped outbreak scenario. Yes, from file three, presumably. Okay, question number three: What is the rough translation of Il or El Veltro or Il Veltro? <laughs> the typing in the background is just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, question number four: What is in the emissions tower? Well, where is the emissions tower? And what game is this? Outbreak. Oh uh, yeah, it's in the university, isn't it? Mm. The emissions tower. Well, you saying? Can you just repeat that question one more time, please? Yes. What is in the emissions tower? I expect you to do quite well this week, Sean. I really am not. You've been, you said you invested a lot of time in Outbreak. Yeah, I can't remember what was in the emissions tower. Oh. And we'll move on to finally question number five. There's a, quite a few options here. Tell me one major event that occurred in 1999. In the Resident Evil timeline. In the Resident Evil timeline, yes. That is the end of the questions. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers.
So hello and welcome back to Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz minus Newsy for this week. Let's see how everyone has done. So question number one was, who is Ben Earhart? What did you what did you put, Batman? Um, I put he was a BSAO member. He was part of Chris's team who was killed in Adonia in okay. Resident Evil 6. Okay. Uh, George Trevor? Yeah, that's exactly what I put. He is uh, BSA on Chris's team and was killed in Adonia. Mr. Spencer? Yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, like one of the soldiers who died under Chris's command, and he was he was also shown the the iPhone thing that uh, Piers showed him when he was drinking. I, I like the detail, uh, Mr. Sp- uh, sorry, uh, Star Tyrant. Yeah, I got the same as everybody else except I didn't. Except you didn't. No, I, I had no idea. Oh right. <laughs> I, I feel ashamed. Uh, oh. Right. I used to I used to scrutinise details like this once upon a time. I need I need to really get back into all this. I feel well, ashamed. It, well, it, yes, it is points there for Batman, George, and Mr. Spencer. He, uh, I, I couldn't put it better. BSA agent killed in Adonia. Resident Evil Six. Chris's team. Points there for everyone except Sean. Question. Sorry, question number two. I expect you to do well this one. So, uh, what was the name of the owner of the motel in the scrapped scenario? A day in Raccoon City. Mr. Spencer, did you know this one? I have no clue. I just said Jack. Jack. So I got, hmm. Okay. Uh, Batman? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Larry. Larry. George? I've got no idea. Nigel. Nigel. Ty? Mickey. Correct. Mickey. Great. So there we go. That evens things up a bit, eh, Sean? Right, let, let, let's see what everyone put for question number three, which is what is the rough translation of El Veltro? Uh, Mr. Spencer? The Greyhound. Greyhound. George? Well, I've put it, it's a Greyhound. A Greyhound, yeah. Batman? Has he been burgled yeah. too? <laughs> I think he went off on a. Has he gone off in a storm because of my background noise? <laughs> Sorry, am I, am I back? Yeah, yeah, that Batman, yes. Yep. Sorry, the Greyhound. He put Greyhound. I muted my microphone. For some I was like the Eurovis in voting. <laughs> Come in, Belarus. <laughs> this is Mince calling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Star's Tone. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Is, yeah, that, is that mentioned in the game at all? It's on the, it's on the flag. Hmm. Oh. God, honestly... But it, I need to I need to find myself again because this is appalling. You need to go on a walkabout. Well, I remember it actually back when Revelations was first announced uh, on, on the forums. People would talk about what Il Veltro yeah. was, and someone mentioned the Greyhound, so I got it from now. I remember it. And yes, that is correct. So there are points there for Batman, George, and Mr. Spencer. So, question number four, which we spent too long on, was what is the what's in the emissions tower? George, what did you put? I've got absolutely no idea. I've not made it to the missions tower, um, so I don't know. You're going to hazard a guess? Um, emissions? Emissions? <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked. It wasn't relevant. It wasn't related to... Uh, uh, Mr. Spencer, did you know? Uh, there's a desert eagle in there. I don't know. Well, at least that's a good guess. Right. Batman? What's in the emissions tower? Yes. Uh, oh, I'm assuming there'll be a door in there. Right. He's right. Now, um, isn't it where all the wasps are? Because I remember you have to have the pesticide spray to go yeah. through there. So, 
is it's one of the one it'll be one of the items for the daylight. Yeah. Is it the poison sample you have to get? And what what are you saying, Ty? I didn't know, but the poison sample sounds right, but I can't I'm not gonna say it because because Batman's just said I had no idea. I had no idea. I could not remember for the life of me. Okay. Well, the, the answer I was looking for was just simply a wasp's nest because it's the major function in there. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I did argue any specifics, but yes, the wasp's nest is rather prominent in the emissions tower, so points there for Batman. Well done. And finally, question number five. I'm going to have to carefully uh, write this down. So tell me one major event that occurred in 1999. We'll start with Batman. Uh, Simmons begins Project Ada. Simmons begins Project Ada. George Trevor. Um, the it was when the the government, the US government, um, put a restriction on on umbrella. Um, so there was like a worldwide um, ban on 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 dealing with umbrella shares. Um, it's from the you know the beginning of Resident Evil Four when Leon's kind of you know, doing his little monologue about the past, what's been going on. I think that was early February or March 1999. Okay. Star Star. Doesn't Yoko go on trial about Umbrella? And Mr. Spencer? Uh, Umbrella USA was dissolved, or it was where, like, they were no longer allowed to conduct business on American soil. Okay. Yes, points for everyone. I I thought it was a lot harder than I thought, but never mind. Very good. Other answers you could have had include law- lawsuits filed against Umbrella, so that obviously that ties in with your uh, with your answer tie. Strapcom founded. Oh, yeah. I should have said that. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jill and Chris's private anti-biohazard unit founded by the GPC, and uh, the Umbrella sets up the hangars around the world. Where does this. it say that? What's the source for that? Uh, the, news the... Corp. Right. In, 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 the, in the chronology of evil, so that's where I get it from. So. The anti-biohazard squad was formed in 1999. So I'm told. I literally copied and pasted it. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, it's a joint quiz, so blame Newsbook. But points for everyone, so well done, well done. So let's have a look at those final scores. And this week's winner is Batman with four out of five. Well done, bats. Uh, joint second, George Trevor and Mr. Spencer with 3 out of 5, and Ty lingering and last, holding everyone else up with 2 out of 5. So what are the scores after that? The scores are after the doors. Batman is now in the lead with 19 points. Very good. Followed uh, by... I don't, I wouldn't listen. Yeah, followed by Mr. Spencer. Yeah, yeah calm down. I, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, not, com- I'm not comfortable with this little, this little kind of get together, this little sort of surreptitious meeting between. <laughs> I had, Mr. I Spencer played- and Batman. Mm-hmm. It's just half a bloody point, George. I'd like to know what really went on then. Who knows? It was just half a point. Then again, it was half a point that screwed you out of the last quiz, didn't it? I believe. Well, as I say, I, th- I, I, I think we need to pass this one by the founder. See what he says. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, it, it, as current scores stand, as, as they are, um, George in third with 15 points, only half a point behind Spencer with Ty on 11 and a half. So that that's that wraps up this week's score. Uh, this week's quiz. Thank you very much for listening. Join us next time for another question. Question no for another podcast question. No, join us next. <laughs> join us next time for another quiz. Ah. <sighs>
Very good, very good, very good, very good. So, um, looking forward to our next podcast, which at the current pace will probably be in 2014. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping we are going to do a Revelations HD podcast. Yep. Um, I think there's a lot. There's, there is enough to discuss with the HD this and all the yeah, new features. Next, if you want. That yeah, yeah, that was the plan. I think we're going to do that one, and then after that, we're going to be looking at Outbreak File Two. Or maybe even zero. We have not neg- done zero yet, have we? We have neglected zero for quite some time. Perhaps we should bring zero ahead of Outbreak Two and finish with Outbreak Two, and then three, and then. Hope- pl- plenty of things to say about zero. Plenty of things, and hopefully by that time we'll have something else to discuss, i.e., Resident Evil Seven trailer. Who knows? Last wait, we don't know Last Escape yet. We have done Last Escape, yes, or maybe a Revelations Two or whatever. Anything like that would be nice. When's Tokyo Game Show? Because it... like se- September time. September, so that could be the next clue. Must have when we get something. So, yeah. So ne- next time we're going to doing uh, Revelations HD, which of course has been released on PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and uh, PC. If you've got any comments you'd like to um, discuss, then feel free to either email myself or Bats or Mrs. or Mr. Spencer or even George Trump, and we can get them played on podcast so we can all listen to your lovely voices wait email me don't you know my email oh don't know okay don't email mr spencer he's 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 elusive anyway so um on that note i think that will conclude our podcast thank you very much for listening it's goodbye from me neptune it's goodbye from me um goodbye from me george trevor and it's goodbye from me as well uh mr spencer goodbye from me stars tyrant don't forget mass production Ridiculous.